0: Live from Sacramento,
1: Sacramento. Sacramento. it's
2: Deuce and
1: Mo
0: on Town Sports.
2: We are live! Deuce, Mason, Morgan, Reagan are back after a day off. We have a lot to go over today. The Kings win their fourth in a row, setting up a big weekend. Coming up at Golden 1 Center, a rematch with the L.A. Clippers, and then the next night against Minnesota, Oh, and it's a big day at Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, and Chris Watkins in the building. Oh, how you guys doing today,
3: huh? Oh,
2: I'm pretty good. Morgan's struggling a little bit today.
3: Hey, you don't have to tell people. <laughs> I,
4: I have a,
2: She's
3: said. I,
4: have my, I have a sinus thing. My head feels like it's gonna,
3: gonna you explode. Wanna go? Yeah, you, uh, you want to go? I just, so my I face get... is swollen, dude. Yeah, it's it okay. doesn't feel good. Like it hurts. Well,
2: uh, hey, th- thanks so much for playing through. it
3: <laughs> You know what's funny? Deuce did say to me because I was like, "Hey, man, like my face is swollen." You know, like I think I was, I think I was looking for a little bit of yeah. sympathy, yeah. just like I needed a second. And he was like, "You don't have to do the show. You don't have to do the show. Like I can do the show." I mean, I know how to do a show. And yeah, then it, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of bothered me that he, he, didn't he even like, say I, that. It's like, I don't
5: really like, just how casual it was. Yeah. Just like, yeah, like, you know, I kind of thought about it. Don't really don't really need you if you
2: don't you know it like, was how like that. would you not need me but one? This is what I didn't want I didn't what? want it to become like you're like, oh, this is the Morgan sinus infection game <laughs> like you're you're trying to pull off an MJ flu game or LeBron playing through the pain to beat Dallas the other night and I did you're gonna make it about yourself and today should be about the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. It should be about typical Morgan the big
3: announcements about the Kings all the time. <laughs> it's about the big announcements all the time, huh?
2: Another big announcement. Today. Hey, for those who missed it, 9 a.m. It was announced: Sactown Sports has reached an agreement with the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, 49ers football <laughs> on Sactown Sports. It's awesome. Great time. The Kings are popping. The Niners are popping, mm-hmm. and they're all <sighs> under this umbrella. Ella, Ella, hey,
3: hey. hey. it's Good. a big deal though. i was waiting for you to sing. We're
2: gonna have Matt Mayoko, NBC Sports 49ers Insider. He's in Indianapolis right now for the NFL Scouting Combine. He will be live with us later on in this hour. But, yeah, it's a big-time
3: deal. That's awesome. It's
2: huge. I love Greg Papa.
3: Oh, no, it's it's really fun that this is happening. And, I mean, I grew up a Niners fan. Um, I did
2: not. You know, Brian, our boss, it, was like, Hey, Deuce, uh, can, Deuce some Mo, can you wear some Niners gear? And I said, <laughs> I would not be caught dead wearing anything San Francisco 49ers related. So, I grew up a Cowboys fan. You, I'm going to put Niners stuff on? I watch the Niners all the time, though. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, and Chris Watkins. <laughs> like, let's talk about Chris Watkins no, let Let's
5: talk about that guy for let's a second. Let's talk about this coward.
2: <laughs> oh. Who won't, no. Chris Watkins, more. Why is he a yeah. coward? He's a Minnesota Vikings yeah. fan. Yeah. What are you doing?
5: I, literally, uh, the only reason I own this. Shout out Goodwill. Shout out Thrift. And Count. I love it. It's a great kind It's the only reason. Okay. Only reason. Can't. I bought this like years ago, and this was like the perfect situation, you know.
3: Wait, time out. Why would you buy it if you're a Vikings oh, I don't fan? Care. Really? really? If it's if it's cool? No, you know? no, no. Especially no. like
5: this. Like this is like a really okay.
6: vintage. Uh, okay. Like... okay.
3: Okay. Fair. And he lives in California. Oh, I'll give him that. It's
5: not like I was a Vikings and was... Niners
6: are big. Rivals. Yeah. Also,
5: I mean, you know, I don't. That's
6: I don't, weird. I don't, I don't. I don't love
5: them. I will say, you know, I can't. I yeah. The, yeah. the Niners definitely have caused me some sure. Okay, some, that's some fair. like direct pain. That's fair. I just had to call you out for that. It's not big deal at all. I agree with you. I mean, I would do the same thing.
2: But it is a big deal that Greg Papa, Tim Ryan, calls Niners games right here on Sacktown Sports. It's a big deal for the station. So, cool stuff and cool stuff for 49ers fans in the Sacramento area.
3: Yeah, really cool. And um, I looked for my Niners gear today, but it turns out that I'm a casual the last couple of years. Yeah. And uh, I don't have it. I don't have it anymore. I had like, you know, I worked out in a Niners yeah. shirt for so long that Got then it, it became like a sweaty pit, like ugly. Too, yeah. yeah. You know, so I'm like, I'm not going to be that gross. Yeah. So no, thanks.
2: Let's but. talk about what went down last night. OKC. No De'Aaron Fox last night for the Sacramento Kings trying to beat OKC for the second consecutive game. The Kings get it. Done. The starters were fabulous. Davion Mitchell got the start. Felt like he played well yesterday. Obviously, getting defensive player of the game chain, but he had 15 points. Hey, you've won four in a row now. Out of the All Star break, they're now 11 games above 500. Just chilling in the number three Nuts. spot right now. Just chilling. Is it chilling? What do you guys think about last night's Kings win, Chris?
5: I mean, it was great. You know, without De'Aaron, you mentioned you knew, like, All eyes immediately go to Davion once De'Aaron's out. You, you, everyone's trying to see. Okay, like you, you can't really have one of your nights where you're single digits. You kind of have to be a part of the scoring. And it wasn't just him who stepped up. Keegan Murray had a double double.
1: Dude, yes. Kevin
5: Herter had 20 points, nine assists for Kevin. Uh, And then you know Domas just does what Domas does. And oh yeah, HB. You forget about HB sometimes. He's that's that's a guy that you have. Yes, I have, have.
2: Dumped on yes. him. Yeah, you have taken shot after shot at him. I have. I and have. what did he do last night? He shut
5: me up. He really shut me like in in a very real way. I mean, there was the game was tied at ninety eight seven minutes to go. You're kind of like this is usually yeah. De'Aaron Fox time. Yeah. He's not here. Who's who's going to step up? This is a lot of unselfish guys. I could have seen it being like a it's your turn. No, it's your turn. And it, It kind of did end up being that way, but I think in that moment, tie game, seven minutes, that's when HB stepped up. And he, I mean, he had seven straight points. He had that up and under that was just incredible. He had a couple threes that were very timely.
2: A nice dunk in there. Nice
5: dunk in there. And then, you know, I mentioned it wasn't just him. Davion Mitchell kind of sealed the game with that that last mid-range shot there, and it, it was It was a real team effort. As corny as it is to say, it really was all the guys coming together and stepping up. Dude, it's... corny as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Wow,
1: that's perfect.
5: It's
3: It's not even corny because it's like, I think when you don't have a team full of superstars or stars on one squad. Now they're starting to build a squad of all-stars, which is really cool. But when you don't have that in this league, you better have some damn good team basketball, right? And they're showing, even without one of their best guys out there, that they were capable of, of executing that. Mm-hmm, and yeah. you start with Harrison Barnes like you just did. It wasn't even how he was so confident out there last night. It was the way that he was just assertive made quick decisions, and I am just all about Harrison Barnes stepping up, understanding his role in this squad, and knowing when they need it most.
2: Yeah, HB, by the way, 29 points, 8 of thirteen, nine of 10 from the free throw line. That's big time stuff. You guys mentioned, like, the ball movement, a total team effort. They had 34 assists last night, which is crazy to consider, like, De'Aaron Fox not yes. being in the lineup, everything he creates, even if De'Aaron's not getting double-digit assists, he's good for getting you a 7-8 in a game, and he creates so much ball movement by attacking the paint, getting to his spots, right? Just him being in the game is going to cause the offense to move a little uh, bit better. Huh? Yeah. 34 assists on 43 makes. Our buddy Will Z says that's a, an assist percentage of 79.1. One. That's the second highest assist, assist percentage in a game this season.
3: The second highest assist percentage. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So
5: essentially saying like they most of their shots came from assist yeah. passes.
2: Yeah. Not not really from the bench. We're not going to talk about the bench right now because the bench. Was, yeah, the bench was, uh, uh,
3: What is, what is that, that noise?
2: i trying to stop throw up from coming out of my mouth.
3: That's so aggressive and rude. That's rude. I
2: didn't want to talk about it right now. We're okay. talking about a win. Okay, okay. Um no, I thought Harrison was great. And that's the one mm-hmm. thing about Harrison is just his ability to get to the free throw yeah. line. <laughs> that dude gets a lot of calls and yeah. he, he's aggressive with it. And I, I think he understands like, all right, I don't need to do this every single night, but I'm capable of doing what's asked. All right, do I need to come out and give you 20 plus? I can do that. Oh, we're in a rut offensively. I I need to score a bucket. We need to score a bucket. I can get to the free throw line. And that's been vital for this team.
5: Yeah, I, I you mentioned I give Harrison flack all the time and I really do, but the thing that, I forget the most is just it's not even just about the scoring you mentioned. He's just such an adult. Like he gets the he gets the timely fouls when when they really need to slow the game down. He guards the other team's best defenders. He's just always again. It sounds corny. It sounds cliche, but he's just always doing the dirty stuff. And it might not always be his night to get 30 points, 20 points, but he's always contributing in some fashion. And you have to I mean, Mike Brown's not going to play him if he's not contributing at all.
3: You, you say you you are one of the ones that give him flack Definitely. a lot. What, what is it that you usually are upset or it's dislike? It's just
5: the, the inconsistent scoring, I think, especially in seasons previous where it's like you're the second, third highest paid guy on the team. There's kind of just a certain level of expectation of like, all right, every single night I kind of need you to, to be contributing 18, 17, 20 points a yeah. game. Um, and a lot of the times he I just think he's – you could say it's unselfish, but I just think he's he's not aggressive looking for his shot and being like, All right, like I too need to make sure that I'm yeah. getting mine today. And I think there's beauty in that. It allows other people to succeed, it allows Malik Monk to have his games off the bench, Kevin Herter, or Keegan Murray to do their thing. But I think Harrison is just so well rounded and really like I don't I can't really name a thing that he is bad at. Yeah. You know, he's just really good at everything that it's just like I would just like to see a lot more of that. And like, he's a great finisher. He's a great, he's got that fantastic slow Euro step. Mm. He can knock down threes. He's, he's strong. He's his strength. He yeah. can defend. He can just do so much that I just, I expect, I, I don't expect more. It's just, sure. I want to see him use it all of the time yeah. I want to see him do a little bit of everything all of the time
3: I think the old knock the old knock uh, however you want to put it last season couple seasons ago whatever um was that he was brought in to be that second right. guy that's who to, he was in doubt in
2: Dallas he was the no, guy and that's the thing he was miscast and, was, yeah, and my, that was not good for him right yeah. you know it's about your role. You gotta put guys in the right position to succeed and he's succeeding this year because he's in the right. He's in the perfect. Mm-hmm. Role. That is yeah. it.
3: That is it. And that's why I think this season, you know, sometimes when you see him take a step back, like you were saying, there's something there's something beautiful about it. It right. allows others um to explore their games yeah. and, and develop in a different way. But it was really nice that he understood this yes, moment last night and was like, nope, I got to be that one tonight. I need to be assertive. I need to be, uh, if you want to call it, a little bit more selfish. However you want to define it, he did a great job yes. at that.
2: Well, the Kings got the win. We're going to take a quick 60-second break on the radio side. We're always live at youtube.com sacktownsports Sacktown Sports 1140. Who's the one other guy who stepped up in a big way? We'll talk about him coming up next on Deuce and Mo. This is Sacktown Sports.
7: and Mo on Satown Sports. I, you know, I kind of challenged the guys before the game. I said, uh, "I said we got to get greedy. And, um, you know, when you're greedy in situations like this, that means you have a chance to be great. Because we could have said, hey, Fox not playing. You know, SGA is not playing. If we lose this game, it's okay because we're 2-1 on the trip and we're still sitting comfortably in third and go through the motions and let's get get, get back home <laughs> you know uh, but our guys they came with a little bit of an edge tonight and uh, so they played greedy and uh, that's what excites me about this team is you know knowing that knowing what's at stake and still coming and performing the way that they did and getting the win and finish this trip off the right way uh, gets me really excited about the group
2: That's the head coach of the year, Mike Brown, talking after that Kings win in OKC. They got a little greedy last night. Yeah, it's March 1st. How about Chris playing Wake Up? Wake Up. It's the first of the month. Oh. Oh, Bone Thugs on March 1st. I like it. It's March 1st, Morgan and Chris. It's Juice and Moe. Sacktown Sports. (laughs) It's March 1st, and the Kings are 11 games above 500. Say it again. It is March 1st. And the Kings are 11 games above 500. And you're going to get this work in the postseason. Yes. Morgan. (laughs) Wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Yeah. Kings get up. I thought you had a song. Oh, I was setting you off like I did last night. No?
3: Not, you know, it's got to be (laughs) like. I'm sorry. Blue game. I forgot. It's Morgan's sinus infection game. Oh, my God. Uh, I wasn't even going that direction. I was just saying uh, off that song. Like, that's a hard song to go It's gotten
2: so bad today that Morgan has now had Chris bring her in some... Paper tabs to, to wipe her nose. Oh, oh look, and more okay, Niners gear being thrown hell. in there. Look oh, at that. my
3: God. Yes. Wow. Yes. I tell them I dress like a little boy, and then they start sending nice. in little boy gear. Thank um, you.
2: No, I, I'm so proud of you, Maury. I'm so proud of you for being here. Shut anyway, up. That's let's, so mean. I, I want to talk more about last night's game. Uh, the Kings beat OKC coming out of the break. You beat Portland. You beat the Clippers. You beat OKC twice. Of course, they had no SGA, but the Kings had no Fox. The guy that jumped out to me a lot last night, and I know if you just looked at the box score, you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, double-double, that's nice. 13 points, he had 10 rebounds, 4 assists. I thought Keegan Murray looked great last night. This guy is starting to look like a legit player. I love the fact that we're seeing him bring the ball up the floor. I was just going to say that. Running some pick-and-rolls as a ball handler. Dropping dimes, hitting shots, attacking the
3: basket. Who is this guy? Well, he's, one, a rookie, two- First name Keegan, last name Murray. Three, no people. He is not a robot. We were talking about this last (laughs) night, and I was listening to one of the great spaces uh, in the Kings community called Cowbell Talk, and they, uh, one of one of them, were talking about Keegan Murray being a robot, and that they probably programmed him differently before this game (laughs) to like start like just an update, making sure to like you know put some ball handling within his game, and I think ever since Mike Brown approached him at practice or wherever that conversation went down and said hey like you need to work on your ball handling in the offseason he's like I can dribble the ball and with that just a little bit of communication a little bit of motivation I guess you could call it too Keegan Murray is now showing uh his ball handling skills showing how he knows how to utilize and capitalize on his ball handling skills and I'm loving what we're seeing from the rook
5: yeah, I don't know if I'll go robot, but like you saying that does make me think it. It is kind of like a like a two K my career where it's like you play through to earn the XP, oh, yeah, yeah. and then as you get that XP, you spend it on things, and then so
2: he's spending on a little ball handling, yeah, right a little now. bit
5: of ball handling, you know, uh, earlier in the, se- in the basket, yeah, earlier in the season, That's we saw, a great you know, example, something like that. That's more what I'm feeling with Keegan because it is like you know the first ten games you see him be more of like a spot up shooter. And then after that, he kind of picks up his defense, picks up his rebounding a bit. Like, all right, like okay, he can do a little bit more. <laughs> then he puts the ball on the ground, starts taking some shots off the yeah. dribble. You're like, has this been here the whole time, right. and you just have
2: not been, yeah. not wanted to do it? I think, I think honestly, he is so unselfish. He's just about yeah. like, I'll no, do for sure. Do you want. Yeah, and now it's like. No, Keegan, yeah. you're really it's good. This not about him. And right. you're capable of doing it? Go get yours. I loved late in the shot clock last night. It was the fourth quarter. OKC was just hanging around. They, they play their young team. They play hard. They were engaged, trying to make a bit of a push. Late in the shot clock, Keegan got the rock with like three, four seconds on the shot clock, like getting the grenade. And sometimes guys will panic, not know what to do. And I think Keegan Murray gets that opportunity, I don't know, a month ago. It's a hot potato. He tries to kick it out. Instead, he drove, got a nice mid-range look. Scored it.
3: I yeah. He's just he's looking at the game differently. He's looking at the basket differently. But I also think he's being empowered by not only yes, the coaches, absolutely. coaching staff, but his teammates as well. And mm-hmm. when you have that with your peers, you're going to feel confident in doing so much more. And I think he really understands wh- how they want to use him mm-hmm. out there on the floor. And I think on a game like last night, without De'Aaron Fox, not only did he got to show that a little bit more, like, step up his role. But I think what he's going to be told now and encouraged to do is, like, what you did in that game, keep doing. Keep having fun Mm -hmm. and doing that because you make us better when you do that.
5: How weird is it, too, and I was thinking about this yesterday, how rare is it that with a rookie especially, specifically, He's not. Do, he he has the, almost the opposite problem. Where typically rookies are always trying to do too much. You're trying to scale it back. It's like all right, like do this, but be more efficient at it. With Keegan, it's the complete opposite. It's okay. You're doing these things. Can you do even more? And like that's mm. to me seems like a position of power in terms of when you're developing somebody. Yeah. That's where you want to be. Is okay. Like as we're teaching you, go show it. Like don't just try and do everything, wow. and then you're, you know, that's part of playing on a winning team is yeah. you're not given the opportunities of turning the ball over six times in a game well, and Kings figuring fans, out all
2: those things. We'll remember Ben McLemore just that's got That's exactly in who there, I was right? thinking of. And then, right. and then Kawhi Leonard stole his soul. He, twice.
4: Yeah, twice. twice in a row. <laughs> back to back. <laughs> well, those
2: classic I NBA
5: moments. I think that was like the first season of Golden 1. That was like one of the first ten games in Golden 1. Center is
4: it Golden
5: 1? It was in Golden 1, if I'm not
3: mistaken. I think it was. No. Are you sure? Yeah. You showed the video the other day and I thought it was at Golden One.
2: Let's bet on this. Oof. How, oh. It was at Arco.
3: Was it? It was not at See, Arco. You're not I know even for sure. sure it was not at you're Arco. Not even I thought sure. you were saying
2: it was
5: in I'm, LA.
3: I'm team Chris Watkins. Yeah. Um, we're team. If I'm wrong, I'll cut my hair. You're cutting your hair today, <laughs> you son of a gun. Wait.
2: I'll go full Richard Jefferson. It's unclear by this, you know. It's you a- tell you <laughs> golden there. one,
3: golden one. Are we sure? Wow,
2: Mr. it was Trump it was the first it's year golden one. You're right. Wow, it's not. No, no, I messed no. that up. But you know what? See, you a lesson for you, Morgan. Oh, oh, no, no, here we go. Back on to yeah. me. What's
3: up, dude? A lesson
2: for you. Yeah. Acknowledging when you're wrong on
3: something. <laughs> mm, and
2: it's, I, I was a strong person here, and I went, yeah. You know what, Chris was right. Mm. What? Oh, you're. It's so a lesson so for all you out there. Oh, I'm right.
3: I'm right. Oh, you're so strong. Yeah. Thank you, Daddy Thank you. When did I not accept that I was wrong about something? I always do. Oh.
2: Don't hold back the laugh track, Chris. I do not want this right now. I, I can't. I can't take this. Uh, anyway, yeah, Keegan's. It's been really fun. Also, in the YouTube chat, uh, Leandro had a funny one in here saying Ke- Keegan was using that VC to do dribbling drills with T Mac.
5: Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Going to the Chris Brinkley gym. Just uh, yeah. You know, you got to unlock. It's it's a little bit at a time. That's the key too. You can't just no. Unless, you know, you can you can spend sixty dollars if Have you, you want. Done that?
2: Have you bought v- VC before? Yeah. Be
3: be honest.
2: Yeah. How much have you spent on playing 2K? Like you just in like, my
5: life, or just, just this? Are we telling you this? this, year? this year? Well, I would like to know <laughs> life. It's a, lo- a lot. A uh, lot. You know, it's it's they. It's a lot of money. Um, it's not like crazy. Like I've not spent in the thousands.
3: Up to a thousand.
5: No, I wouldn't say up, but 500? probably. It's probably near their lifetime. Not this year. Not okay. this year, but lifetime. Probably I play near Warzone.
2: Five you know, it's a free yeah, game. Yeah. Warzone. I refuse to spend a dime. Well, you know, they're making money off me. They're selling my personal information. <laughs> well, I'm not. No, no. It's a free game. They're lucky I'm playing it. Wow. That's how I look at it. Uh, we have to talk more about the Kings coming up. Appreciate Chris for joining us. Actually, Chris, I need, real quick. Yes. We Thank even you. mentioned Davion Mitchell. Right. What do you think of his game?
5: I mean he stepped up for sure. The the what is it? Fifteen points, uh, six of ten from the field, his shot looked nice. I thought the real key, the thing that I noticed was with his extended run, you get his defense more, which is obvious, yeah. but it's just you notice it's like all right, like yeah, if you give Davion thirty minutes, yeah, the offense might not be there on a given night, but he's gonna make some plays defensively yeah you know in some spots where previously more possessions for exactly. him to do that exactly yeah. it just makes sense but you know you don't think about it until you actually see him playing yesterday i you know him stripping the ball uh, mm. the other day um, the uh, when he pulled the chair against Josh Giddy the yes. other night oh my god that was one of the filthiest things i th- i think i've seen all year
2: because he, yeah he
5: literally like yeah. just backpedaled from the three point line into the
2: key, David got him so bad. Well, Chris, uh, go enjoy a couple of days off here, I man. Will. Yes, I deserve yeah. it. You went yeah. and, and last like.
1: Thank
5: you. Appreciate it.
2: How long? For a long time. Yeah.
5: Specifically <laughs> with Salt Lake
1: City
2: and everything. Long. So uh, appreciate you stopping by. No, man.
5: thank you guys for having me.
2: All right, coming up next, we'll talk more about this Kings win. Uh, what do you think about the win? And here's a question I put in the YouTube chat. Oh. Poll question. Oh. Do you think the Kings can hang on to the number 3 spot? Get in the chat at youtube.com/sackdownsports1140 or call us one 800 all 1140 It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports.
4: It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sackdown Sports. Well, I think you just got to be more aggressive. I mean, you got one of our all-star point guards out. Um, He averages probably 29, 30 points a game. Even though it's a load offensively, he he gets our teammates open also. So, I know I just had to be extra aggressive aggressive tonight.
2: That was voice of Davion Mitchell stepping up in a big way without De'Aaron Fox in the lineup as the Kings beat OKC. They've won four in a row. And late in this season, we are at March 1st, and the Kings, it's looking good.
1: It's looking, it's looking
2: good. It's fun right now. So a long way to go. It's going to be a battle down the stretch, but they're in a nice position in the NBA's Western Conference.
3: So I just got a... Conference. Camp, from the conference, I just got a burrito at SAC Co-op. Okay. And uh, the guy that was helping to make it, I always talk to him. He's a Warriors fan. Like, he says he's a Warriors fan, but, like, you know, he okay. just thinks he is. Whatever. And, um... It's so fun talking about the Kings with people. And the amount of I've I've known this guy. I've talked to him for over a year and a half now. And the amount of times it's been like, oh, man, the Kings are crappy. We're just laughing about the Kings. Ha, 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 ha. And now he's like helping me with the burrito. And he's like, dude, that third seat, like it's the real deal. It's Mm. the real thing. And the confidence in other people, in other fan bases, in the Kings, it's just really cool to see.
2: It is. It's fun to see that we are able to have this conversation. I think before the season, even the most optimistic of people are like, yeah, like, I think that maybe they can get the sixth spot. Maybe, maybe the play, the plan would be so fun. And here they're in a nice position in the number three spot. It could be tough to hold on to it for sure. But hey, you come out of the gate and you handle your business. And I think that's been the most impressive part with the Kings, in my opinion, out of the break is I feel like their approach has just been right. It just feels like they come out ready to play and they've won. Four straight. And now the bigger test comes when you got to take on a Clippers team Friday night, Ooh. maybe looking for revenge, although they'll be on the second night of a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Then the next night, the Kings play the T-Wolves. So the Kings will be on the second night of a back-to-back. So will Minnesota. Yeah. They play Friday night against the Lakers. So
3: Okay. Yeah. But hey, this is what it's about. Wow. Minnesota's playing the Lakers again. Didn't they just play them last night, too, and they won? Right? Am
2: I? No, you're thinking of Memphis. Minnesota oh. beat the Clippers. Oh, okay,
3: okay, that's what it was. sinus infection's really... uh, Can you just let me have, like, brain farts? Honestly, no. No, I'm going to
2: call every (laughs) single one out today. Um, I want to go to Davion Mitchell for a second, because we we got to him at the end of the segment, but I I feel like we got to give him some love. When Fox was out this year, the Kings headed into last night were one and four on the season. And... There had been games where just Davion just didn't give him much at all. And then they go to Delhi, and that wasn't good. They were playing without a point guard. Last night, he hit a couple of threes early. He played aggressive. And for the starters to play that well without the head of the snake, without De'Aaron Fox was encouraging. I'm curious, what jumped out to you about Davion in his uh, 32 minutes of work?
3: I mean, I guess we could obviously say the scoring right it wasn't like he was just looking to go through the motions and drive the ball in and look for the open man on the outside that is you know from beyond the arc or is cutting through the paint no Davion Mitchell played this game like a point guard uh like a scoring point guard last night and I think when you look at his three point numbers three of seven from beyond the arc and his career high is five threes made you know that's a Good three-point night for Davion Mitchell. So he was looking for his. He was looking to drive it in. And then defensively, it's not just the way that you see him play on ball, it's the way that he disrupts in help. Mm. It's the way that he rotates over. He's always there. You can depend on this guy to fight through a screen. So if like you are a big in the game, usually Domas bonus it's like you know you can hedge, but you're going to get back in time because Davion's working his ass off to get through and navigate through that.
2: Hey, Mike Brown, how do you feel about Davion last
7: night? Uh, I mean, you got to take your hat off to Davion did a heck of a job on both both ends of the floor he was he was fantastic for us offensively uh he was spectacular defensively uh i mean he just set the tone and changed the game when he came back on the floor uh time after time after time after time
2: yeah he did and i obviously you know what he can bring defensively got the defensive player of the game chain Mm. But, yeah, I just felt like that was – he played with confidence. And that's the balance you want to see from Davion. I will say this. People go, well, why can't he just do that every night? Dude, I'm telling you, it's an adjustment. One, he gets to play with the starting group. Those starters played together a lot. So Davion, Davion's rocking with Kevin Herter and Keegan, HB, and Sabonis. That makes life a little easier too, right? Yeah. But also, you know, normally the whole rotation just it's tough for him. He's playing in like three minute chunks. Well, last night he plays the first seven and a half minutes of the game. So he's allowed to kind of extend out. He's not looking over his shoulder, going, All right, is Fox coming back in at the end of the quarter? He's going, I, I'm gonna come out when I need a break. And that's so just true. that's because they I need a rest and they'll bring Deli in. He's just playing his game out there. So I guess the question is, how does he get to a point? where he's able to make the most out of those 4 minute stints he might get out there. That's
3: that's it. And I I I know we we need to talk to some hoopers, some people who have been through it like what what needs to change? Is it a mentality thing that needs to change? Is it something about your game in the off season that you need to change to um understand what you need to do in short amount of minutes so like to stay ready and you don't need a minute or a few possessions to get ready on the floor to find your flow? How can you find that flow immediately? I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a uh, a mindset. So I am curious what it is for Davion that he can alter in his game so he can be more efficient when he just comes off the bench for and Fox and it's a 3 minutes. Yeah. you know, And that's not easy. No, it's
2: not. And that's the other thing is, like, you could play him with Fox, but, again, he's going to be – He's not gonna have his ball the ball in his hands a lot, you know? So it's it's a challenge for him. And I think long term that's something the Kings have to look at really for him and and his career is like, all right, like if if he's not able to be maximized here, may have to move him somewhere else so he can get that opportunity. I think he's a talented player. And I think he impacts the game in a variety of ways. Unfortunately, the Kings are in a situation where they have an all-star point guard who's playing the best basketball of his career, and that guy, De'Aaron Fox, is going to give you 35 minutes a night.
3: Yeah, and that's why, though, with Davion Mitchell out there when he is out there and if he is ever out there with De'Aaron Fox, like you're saying, he's just he's got to find out what that role for him is out there, um, what he should be doing because it is tough at times when – they expect him to be this spot-up shooter. And it's not like he's going to move without the basketball and they're going to find him on the cut in the middle of the paint. He's one of the smaller guys out there. You know, like, what is he really going to contribute uh, cutting through the paint unless he's coming downhill and going full speed with his lane, getting his angles, right? The game's about angles. So I don't know how they make that adjustment. Maybe it is something eventually that just has to do with personnel and him flourishing somewhere else. But, I mean... Appreciate him while you have him here now because what he's capable of doing defensively and the way that he stepped up last night for this team um, tells a lot about him.
2: We're going to be talking a lot of Kings and NBA all day long. There's so many crazy stories going on in the league, including some wild games last night. Kevin Durant makes his debut with the Suns tonight at Charlotte. Sounds like Steph Curry is closer to returning. Anthony Davis not playing tonight for the Lakers already without LeBron James. So a lot to go over there. Also, the NFL draft combine is going on right now. How what would your forty time be? Like two minutes?
3: My forty? What's the what's like the fastest?
2: I like a four second, four something. Okay. Four, mine four, would four, d- four mine would
3: be like twenty five seconds. <laughs> 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 I'm fat and slow right okay, now. You're like not fat, no, and I'm sorry, it. not not i I'm just I'm unhealthy, yeah, yeah. very, very unhealthy you are slow. and you're soft slow. and flubby right now.
2: <laughs> well, we're going to go to Indianapolis next. Matt Mayoko joins us. It's been a big day. We are now the home of the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah! We're going to check in uh, with Matt Mayoko from Indianapolis. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports.
0: Live and local.
1: It's Deuce and
0: Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash 1140
4: Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. McCaffrey goes left, Evo goes in motion. Right. Purdy out of the shotgun. Kittle views checker right. Uh, I Ayuk the other
2: side. Handoff. McCaffrey. Touchdown.
4: San Francisco.
2: Oh, get used to that. Greg Papa's voice gonna be on this station. On Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, whenever the Niners play, your new home of the San Francisco 49ers is Sacktown Sports. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. We need to go to Indianapolis, though, and check out, check in with a guy who has been covering the 49ers for a long, long time. He's the best. He works for NBC Sports Bay Area. Their Niners insider, Matt Mayoko, joins
0: us from Indianapolis. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. Just uh, you know, it's you almost feel guilty when you come to an event like this yeah. if you don't wake up with a hangover. <laughs> um and and uh today I didn't wake up with a hangover, so I, I'm feeling a little bit guilty. Dude, that's Congratulations. That, no, that's a win. That's a win. Yeah. I, but I will say this, I uh I nursed a, a very light beer. Uh, until like one thirty in the morning, mm. but it's, there are certain places in Indy during combine week where you just, you know, you, you have to put on a neck brace because there's one person to talk to after another, and you're just looking around the room. And then you have those awkward moments where you're stuck talking to someone you really don't need oh. to talk to anymore. And then you see somebody else that, oh, there's an agent I'd like to talk to. And so you try to trade up but then you also notice that other people talking to you are in the same position. Like, <laughs> I really don't want to be talking to Naoka right now. Oh, there's somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, this uh, this kind of strange dance that goes on uh, in the restaurants and bar scene here in Indiana. That's Looks interesting.
3: Good. Wait, I'm really curious. Yeah. What is your technique to get out of a conversation to try and hit up that agent that mm. you see walking by?
0: Yeah, a lot of it would be just, i i'm i try to be just as upfront as possible Oh, like uh hey uh hey there's somebody there i really need to talk to uh can we catch up a little bit later
3: so mature i would do a fake phone call and then
0: of course i mean that's a lie because you know (laughs) i see that person later then i try to avoid them um so yeah no it's it's strategic but i try uh, i guess my point would be i try to be honest to a point yeah that's that's you have to try to be. It's just an awkward situation. There, uh-huh. I feel
2: like you know what I mean. Uh-huh.
0: But then at the same time, you also notice and you you empathize with other people who are like, yeah, I mean, there's somebody over there that I'd be rather be talking to than mayoko So you kind of let those people out of those as well. That's great.
2: Well, <laughs> I mean, with that said, I mean, I'm sure you're talking a lot about niner stuff with people trying to get a read on maybe their off season, maybe how people are feeling about this team going forward. What What's kind of been the vibe around Indianapolis when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers?
0: Well, I think that everybody kind of felt like this was a team that was built to win and continues to be built to win. And, you know, there's just kind of this snake bit element that uh, the last two seasons, uh, some pretty good rosters that the 49ers have fielded you know, were basically kind of, You know, they didn't go as far as they could have or should have or wanted to. You know, I think a lot of it, if not all of it, the last two seasons was seasons, playoffs that were derailed because of injuries to the quarterback position. You know, even though Jimmy Garoppolo didn't miss any time in the postseason a year ago, uh, you know, he clearly wasn't throwing the ball very well at all with a a thumb injury and the shoulder injury that would later require surgery. And then, of course, this season, Forty ers felt very good about where they were going into that MC Championship game, and then they lose to the Eagles, and, you know, they might have lost anyway, but, you know, once Brock Purdy went down on the sixth play of the game, they had zero chance. So, now, I think everybody kind of is under the belief that the 49ers are probably not going anywhere, that they do have one of the stronger rosters in all of sports, or in all of the NFL, but... Right now, when you look at it, the major, major question mark is the quarterback what? position. In fact, I was, I was talking last night to a friend of mine, conversation that I, I did not want to get out of, and neither did he, <laughs> From as far as I could tell. Someone from Boston who told me that, you know, why or his, his take on it was, why wouldn't the 49ers do everything in their ability to get Tom Brady? because this person who knows Brady very well just simply is not convinced that Brady is done playing football. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I went back and forth a little bit on that. The 49 have a cap situation. They really do like Brock Purdy. They really do like Trey Lance. But in a lot of ways, you know, as, as much of an unknown as Brock Purdy is, Trey Lance is even more of an unknown. And, you know, the, the one thing that I do feel confident in saying is if – the 49ers or if there was any chance of the 49ers and Tom Brady getting together, it would have to come 100% from the 49ers because I feel like, and I've been told that Brady has kind of put himself out there a couple of times previously to come to the 49ers, his hometown team. And he's been given the Heisman yeah, in the past. So he's not going to be in that, put himself in that position where he's like, Hey, I'm thinking about coming back what do you think it would have to be the 49ers making a strong push to get Tom Brady. And uh, John Lynch did reveal yesterday that after the announcement that Tom Brady was retiring, he sent him a text said, congratulations on a great career. And the reply from Tom Brady was the thumbs up emoji. Ooh, I, is that a good thing? No. I don't think that's a no. good thing, right? That's no. like, thanks.
3: Yeah. That's you know like- what
0: that's like, Mo, that's like someone trying to get out of a conversation in the bar. Yep.
3: That's literally what it is. It's definitely like you're just pushing it aside. It's the easiest yeah. way to go about responding. But, Matt, I think we were talking to you right before the NFC Championship yeah. game. And it was, we were all on board with Brock Purdy being the future. You know, we were all talking about him being the future. Is it mostly the injury that is the biggest question mark or is it his still, are people still questioning his ability to play because of his youth?
0: I, I think it's the injury okay. I think that, because I think, I mean, I, the four yards really like him and they liked him before he even got on the field. And I was, and I had heard that how much they liked him and they had told me how much they liked him, but I wasn't, I wasn't sold that they liked him. I, I didn't know if it was just kind of talk, you know, trying to make themselves feel good about him, knowing that he probably would never get on the field. And so they'd never really have that chance to be proven right or wrong. But once he played, he was impressive. And there's no question about it. I thought he played exceptionally well. And it wasn't that he made, well, he made some wild plays, you know, mostly kind of running around and buying time and keeping his eyes downfield. But they were just so efficient with him. But now you're talking about a a severe injury for anybody who throws for a living. It's not as serious. It's not as concerning if it were a baseball pitcher, but the guy performing the surgery, Dr. Keith Meister, he's the team physician for the Texas Rangers. Um, you know, it's, it's still, you know, a lengthy rehab and they're hoping to, to meet up in Arizona this week. Um, I think he's going to be there. What's today? Is today the 1st? It is March 1st. Okay. So I, I think Meister will be in Arizona on the 2nd, so tomorrow. And then that's when they'll probably meet up. And if it looks good, they're going to get an MRI. If the inflammation is down and Meister feels good about performing that surgery, then on the 6th or the 8th, they'll head to Arlington, Texas and have the surgery. And then once that surgery happens, and they're they're expecting it to be that internal brace that I'm sure you you've talked about a little bit. So it's not the full fledged Tommy John surgery, yeah. uh, but they're thinking it would be a six month rehab. But you know that clock doesn't start on six months until he has the surgery. And and what happens in the meantime? It's going to be all Trey Lance all the time. You know they'll they'll bring in a veteran guy, but I don't expect it to be Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr or you name the quarterback, maybe Jimmy going, G, you know, bring him back again. I, <laughs> I think that ship has sailed, I would but, think I, so. but I think I've said that each of the past two off seasons <laughs> yes. as well, but I think this time it's, it's, it's looking like that ship has sailed, but uh, it's, it's about, you know, what if, if the six month timetable is accurate, what does that mean? It means Brock Purdy won't be cleared until after the preseason games, leading into the regular season. So the 49ers are in a difficult position. I just wrote a story John Lynch told me on on my podcast, 49ers Talk, that he loves their quarterback situation. They absolutely – they really like Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. But objectively, when you look at it, that is the major question that's still concerning this team because as well as Purdy played, as much talent as Trey Lance has – those guys are still virtually unknown. It's it's, it's just fascinating
2: for a team that's this talented that has this question kind of hanging over them right now. Matt, how long are you in Indy
0: for? Uh, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. So I got here Monday night. Man. Uh, visited my daughter at uh, University of New Hampshire oh. last weekend. Made the trip over from Boston on Monday. And then uh, just spent a couple days here. What, what would it be? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Three days in Indy, and then heading back tomorrow morning.
2: Hungover flight home
0: from Matt, yeah, you know, because he's going he's like, hard tonight, right? Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I, again, I feel I feel guilty. I feel like I'm not giving my company all it signed up for if I wake up without a, a headache. Do well, the right thing. Yeah,
2: good chance yeah. to bounce back tonight, Matt. Thank you yeah. so much for hanging out with us for a few minutes. We appreciate it, man. All right, Deuce, Mo, Thank you so much. Thanks, That's the one and only Matt Mayoko from Indianapolis. Interesting stuff on the Niners quarterback
3: there. Huh? I know. Tom Brady, oh Stop.
2: Oh, man. You only uh,
3: get a double click. Thumbs up.
2: Also, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. If you missed it, Sacktown Sports. Now you're home with the San Francisco 49ers. Coming up next, though, we got to shift gears. The Kings coming off a win in OKC. They've won four in a row. And what else is going around the NBA? KD Mm. making his son's debut tonight. No Anthony Davis. Steph Curry getting closer to returning. The West is wild. It's Deuce and Moe. It's Sactown Sports.
0: It's Deuce and Moe. Deuce and Moe. On Sactown Sports.
2: Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan, live, Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. It's been a fast first hour, Morgan, Reagan, even though you're battling through this sinus oh, infection. You're the one that no, keeps honestly, bringing it up. Honestly, it's, it's been inspiring.
3: Oh, has it? Yeah. Yeah, why? Why? Because, you? Cause like, my face is puffy and I'm, like, yeah, somehow seen... looking through.
2: It's tough. It's tough. No, I'm just proud of you. You know
3: what's funny? What? You no, know, no, no. I'm being no, genuine. No, I know. You want me to be genuine? Oh, let me no, no, be genuine. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. Please. Um, <laughs> let me be genuine. Thank you, Daddy Deuce. <laughs> yeah, yes. please. Um, when you go to the dentist and have like a teeth cleaning, yeah. you say that you're playing hurt.
2: I'm sorry. No, that is not true. Mm, it isn't? That is not no, true. No, it's not. A teeth cleaning?
3: Correct. Correct. How many times have you gone to the dentist and you're like, oh, guys, I'm playing hurt today. Oh, my God. My, my elbow's bruised. I'm playing hurt today. Like, I didn't want to mention I'm playing hurt. You did. My face you is all have puffy to mention and swollen. It.
2: Morgan sounded normal before the show and then the sh- the mic comes I on. I sounded normal. The mic comes on. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm fighting through it. Um, Yeah, dear. And hopefully he'll be back Friday uh, against the Clippers. Is that what
3: I sound like? (laughs) Honestly, a little bit. I
2: think Chris agrees with that. Uh, no.
3: (laughs) And Chris agrees with you a lot. Thank you, Chris. I would
6: say I'm pretty 50-50.
3: Come on. Thank you. Come on. I think I am. Oh, my God. I hate him. Morgan. Yeah?
2: Kings have won four in a row out of the All-Star break. You're looking around the NBA, too, last night. Mm. They're starting to get some separation in the standings. When you look at the Western Conference standings, they're in that number three spot right now. Um, They have a a three-and-a-half game lead on the Phoenix Suns who Mm -hmm. get Durant back tonight. Golden State's making a little bit of a push here. They've won three in a row. We're getting some news today from Woj that Steph is closer to returning for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, According to him, sounds like he might return sometime on next week's three-game road trip for the Warriors that begins Sunday against the Lakers. So he could be back soon. They're going to make a bit of a push here. And they won last night. They jumped from the play-in spot to now the fifth spot. The Clippers, meanwhile, they're tied technically
3: with Golden State, but they're in
2: the sixth spot. And the Kings have a a four-and-a-half game lead on both the Warriors and the Clippers.
3: It's a great job building that cushion. Yeah.
2: (laughs) <laughs> see she's doing it she was like i gotta i, I sound normal for too long let me, let me <clears throat> You're
3: yeah. such a... go ahead great job yeah building that cushion um because it is i don't want to say i'm like fearful or i'm nervous about the warriors because we we've seen their team look very different, right? Yeah. They do look different. But but the postseason is a whole different breed of games. It's a whole different type of game, Deuce. And that's when experience comes in. That's when um you know you can factor in so many different things for the teams that have played that, plus the weapon of Steph Curry that is healthy, that's when things get a little scarier. That's fine. I don't care. I just need the Kings to remain in the top six.
2: Yeah. I mean, looking at the Warriors, they have won three in a row. And anytime you win games without Steph, to me, that's a huge thing for them. Also, Wiggins is still out with a personal issue. It's been a minute for him. And you just hope everything's okay with him and his family. Their last three wins, just for perspective, though, the Rockets... Minnesota and then Portland. I I
1: mean mean, they're wins. They're wins. You're right. You you, you, you You gotta get the wins.
3: Like we
2: just said that without Steph. And Clay Clay Thompson has been playing great basketball. I I think people are so quick to bury the guy. Like he's never gonna be able to be the same. But dude, I mean, for him without Steph to drop forty two in a game last night. He had another big night, or that was not last night, against Minnesota, he had 32 points. He's been playing some nice basketball. Jordan Poole had a nice game last night for them. I mean, it's significant that they're hanging in there in the Western Conference. Um, But I still look at that team overall, and I'm like, I think the fear with them trying to catch the Kings is just, oh, it's the Warriors. That's the reason. Because even if we've watched the Warriors play, even with Steph, They're not imposing. Like, their defense is nowhere near as good. Sure. They're not the same team as last year. They're not. They just, they they lost so many key guys from Damian Lee to Otto Porter to Bielitsa, right? They have Gary Payton II, who's now back with them, but he's not (laughs) even playing. Yeah. So, they might be able to hang in there, and they're going to win some games, and they're going to be in the mix in the play-in or playoff spot. I just don't envision them catching the Kings.
3: Well, not only did they lose those guys, you look at the rest of the roster a year that Steph Curry is dealing with injuries. And as he gets older, you know, there's been some seasons and the start of his career as well. But then as he gets older, you're seeing some of the other injuries that have come along. Clay Thompson. I know, like you just said, people always talking about he'll never be the same but it doesn't mean that he can't be an all-star caliber player again in this league like he's he's been pushing through battling through and then um, obviously stepping up as of late for his team and then Draymond Green's the big one because you look at his game in the inconsistencies to the drama in the beginning of the season to punching someone in the face on his team all those little things uh, that come into play for a team that was vibing off of good culture and some very, very elite pieces. They don't have that yeah. right now, right?
2: And then the other thing that Patrick just brought up about them. What? Their road record. Mm. The Warriors are 7-23 and 23 on the road. This is not the same team. So, like, I, I guess I'm just in that point where, yeah, I'm not ignoring them. I'm not downplaying what they've achieved. And I know they're a dangerous team, especially if they got in. But I'm not as fearful as I have been in the past when it comes to that group. I just don't think like you, some of the chemistry stuff, older Steph has been getting banged up left and right.
3: But see, I I've, don't trust these things. But I'm more fearful as they as they do get healthy, as they do find their rhythm again, because it's the same thing with the Clippers. Yeah. Like I feel that with them in a postseason, <sighs> um, Kawhi's been playing out of his mind. They've been all playing together on the floor together to start building that chemistry and the identity of their team. It's really
2: interesting you say that. The Clippers, I, I thought after the trade deadline, they actually got handed the NBA trophy. Like, it was there. They hung a banner after yes. the trade deadline. Because everyone told me that, that the, the they're winning a championship uh-huh. now because Kawhi was back and they're deep. I thought they had won it all. Yeah, no. How many games have they won recently?
3: Like, what, two?
2: They've lost three in or a row. Or lost
3: three in a row? So They've, they've lost three in a row, oh, including last night. they not won any since the all-star break? Wow. I don't think so. Well, no, that that would make sense. Because, no, you're right. We were looking at that last night, and it was three in a row that they've lost, and the Kings have played four. So, um, yeah. Sorry, I'm so sick. Um, Yeah, but I think that's why when I do say fearful of the Golden State Warriors, they have year after year, Deuce, shown what they can do late in a season and that you can't count that out until they prove otherwise. Right. It's the same thing. Why why do you guys think we talk about the Los Angeles Lakers after this trade deadline? Like, oh, could this be the thing that helps them climb back into a playing spot or into the playoffs? I mean, that's the narrative around ESPN, obviously. But the reason why we talk like that is because when you still have LeBron James, who plays at such a high level in anthony davis who plays elite when healthy yes he's not i'm playing doing, tonight i by know the way. and he's not playing tonight and i'm doing the air quotes when healthy because we always preface his game with that it's tough to count some of these teams out i think we're finally getting to the point in our analysis with like lebron james you can start counting that out yeah but with steph Curry. In the Warriors' system, I'm not ready to count that out late in the season, no matter where they're at.
2: Also, a couple of things to mention, though, with that is, like, we always talk about the game game lead that the Kings have. Yeah. But as someone in the chat was just pointing out, you have to look at the loss column, too. The Kings only have 25 losses. The Warriors have 30. The Clippers have 31. Dallas has 31. Minnesota has 32. Utah has 32. So that gap is increasing, which is significant, too. Yeah. You got two big games coming up this weekend. We got so much more to talk about with this. I'm curious from the people from Kings fans out there. How confident are you that the Kings now with what you have seen coming out of the all-star break can hold on to that number three spot? Ooh. Is someone out there going, I think they can go higher. Oh, could they oh. get the number two seed oh. or are you concerned about them dropping? Well. We're going to talk about it. We're back in 60 seconds on the radio side, always live at youtube.com slash sports 1140.
0: Under pressure, but the Kings break it. Get into the front court. Sabonis to a trailing Davion. Passes up a three. Goes to Herter. And Herter buries the triple. Ooh,
2: good to see Kevin Herter bounce back offensively last night. Ooh. He had 20 points. He had nine dimes, too. Yeah. King starters were rolling. It was really good to see. The ball movement was there. They won a game without De'Aaron Fox. Hail. Really good to see. Um, could that get Kevin Herter out of his funk?
3: I, I think we need to get past the point. Because I've done it ever since he was in a funk of, is this going to be the game? Is this going to be the all-star trip that makes him gain his confidence back? We got to stop. He is where he is, and he is going to slowly keep finding his groove, even if it's not going to be back at that high level of shooting that he was at and to start the season, that's okay. You don't necessarily need that, right? Especially if it's...
2: You need them shooting higher than 28%, though. That's okay.
3: No, and that's fair. And that's why I'm saying climbing back into that um, realm of shooting better, but maybe just not shooting 50% from three-point land. And Deuce, he's doing other things well. And I know we talked about this a little bit last night, how people, teams, seek him out. On the defensive end and it's not so much because he's not capable of playing defense. He's long. He is a high IQ defensive player. He gets his hands in the passing lane. He'll stay vertical. It's just mostly his lateral movement. You know, it's a game of angles and they go at him and they can beat him on that.
2: Well, he ends up shooting 8 of 14 last night, which is good, right? Over 50%, 2 of 6 from 3. He also had 9 assists for the Kings to go along with his 20 points and 4 rebounds. Our poll question, youtube.com slash SacktownSports1140. Shout out to our YouTube people hanging out with us today uh, as we continue to try to grow the Sacktown Sports page. We're live and local from 6A to 6P, Monday through Friday. I put a poll question up before the show, Morgan. Can the Kings hang on to the third spot in the NBA's Western Conference? And, Here are the options.
3: Okay. Yes. Option two. Uh-huh. Uh They can go higher.
2: Ooh. Option three. No, they'll drop, but they're going to stay in the top six. And then the last option was
3: playing. In. Oh, is that how they said it? Yeah. Too? yeah. If
2: you think the Kings are going to be a play, you're playing,
3: playing. Well, I thought that to start the season, but. Um,
2: the winner right now. What'd you pick? Wow, I didn't think about it. <laughs> um, I do not think they're going to be in the number three spot. I think the schedule's challenging. I, they're going to be in the top six. I don't okay. think it's going to be a far drop. I just, I guess I am most concerned about the Phoenix Suns, who are right there. Y- you play them right. And Kevin Durant mm-hmm. makes his debut tonight. And maybe it's just like, look, we always assume you add these players to the mix. They're going to take off. It's going to be smooth sailing. Look what's happening in Dallas right now where the Mavs are 1-4 and four when Luka and Kyrie play. Like, they are you struggling. You got sausage arms and cankles. <gasps> Was that about Luka?
3: Oh, my Chris, God. Chris, just so
2: you guys know, Chris Verlod fat shames Luka so, so bad. So
3: bad. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Chris just smiles. Back.
2: He knows it. He knows it. Oh, Oh, was he talking about Luca? Oh, wow. Damn. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Um, Well, 59% people say yes, they can hold on to it. I'm not going to say, because I'm not strong on it. Like, would it shock me if they stayed number three? No, because there's some separation. If they drop, in my opinion, it's not going to be like, oh my God, they're going to hang on. I think they maybe drop a spot or two. That's how I look at
3: yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I think uh for a little bit when we were saying, oh, my God, the Kings are in the third spot, those moments felt unreal. Like, yeah, it's going to drop. It's going to drop. Since the All-Star break, Deuce, I've been feeling a different type of confidence in this team, Uh, which could be a little bit prisoner of the moment. But I think it's eye test, too. Watch. I mean. What we are witnessing with the Kings, with De'Aaron Fox, without De'Aaron Fox, is on a different level of basketball consistently now through a little patch of games.
2: I think the other thing with last night's win specifically, they they won 123-117. The starters were fantastic. But there was a stretch in the game. They could not score with the bench. The bench was awful. The bench shot like 29%. They also had nine turnovers. They did not play a perfect game yesterday. Uh Still as a team shot 52%. Yep. They did not shoot well from three. They were 15 of 42. They got to the line 30 times last night. It was kind of ugly, but they won. They still put up 123 points, which just shows you like, all right, they could still win games that way. OKC only shot 44% from the field too.
3: So when you and I were talking about this and we were talking about the game and you started with the negative, you were like, Morgan, this bench. What?
2: Uh, I didn't start the show that way. I just brought it up to you. No, no,
3: no. And I'm not saying you started the show. I'm saying like when you and I talked before the show, it was, Morgan, this bench. Like you seemed down. And then you started talking about all the good. And I'm like, okay, he's still happy about the good. But the bad, the flaws from last night, what was your least favorite part about those flaws? The bench. I know, but what about the bench?
2: All of it. that, That... Okay, see so Thunder go, oh, we're going to go ahead into the 3-2 zone. And the Kings were flummoxed. It was yeah. like I, they had never seen anything like that before. And the whole thing with Deli being on the roster, in my opinion, is, hey, he knows Mike Brown. He's a veteran presence. He knows how to run a team, right? He's a vet. Like, if you need him out there, he can go out there and at least orchestrate an offense, get you into your stuff, make something happen. He's sure. not going to be able to score a lot, but maybe he can knock down open three with that weird shot of his. He was awful. Yep. And I'm I not know. denying that his impact on the on the team in the locker room, I think he's a great guy, veteran guy. Everyone you talk to around the league loves Matthew Del Vidova. But in this situation, when Fox is out, that much of a drop-off when you went to your bench, your bench almost cost you the game last night. Sure. Right? And I just want in that situation, I'm like, hey, bench, you only made six shots last night. Hey, bench. All right? And – most of the attempts they shot, the majority of the attempts were from three. They were settling, you know? Yes. And I, I just, I was disappointed that a veteran point guard could not get the team organized and be like, oh, three, two zone. This is what we need to do. Be vocal out there, attack the gaps. You, this is not like a new defense that you've never seen in your life. Sure, it may take a couple of plays to adjust, but there has to be an adjustment. And I felt like they settled. I felt like they were disorganized. And that can't happen.
3: Yeah, and, it's, and you're exactly right. And it just feels like that drop-off is very much exposed. Obviously, when Deer and Fox is out, things are going to be different. But when your starting unit still ends up producing at a high level like they were doing last night, Why wasn't that contagious? Why wasn't that going through to the second unit? Well, I mean,
2: it's not a virus. It's not like, oh, hey, hey. Or is it? Keegan and HB are playing well. Get it all over Della Vidova. They didn't cough enough. They didn't didn't sneeze enough. They didn't pass along. It's not (laughs) contagious.
3: No, but you, and I guess what I'm saying, when I do say that, I'm saying more by setting the tone and being like, hey, this is how we're attacking the gaps. This is how we're attacking the zone. This is how we're uh, getting points like, continue to play like this, this is going to be our identity against this matchup. Yeah. And it's like they just weren't doing that. And you had mentioned something about Malik Monk that I'll talk about in a little bit.
2: Yeah, we well, have a lot more to talk about with the Kings. We're live until 2 p.m., right? We still got story time with Chris for a lot. Oh. We still have what Fox and HB had to say about Mike Brown, Ooh. but what Vivek had to say about Mike Brown, Ooh. too. Let's check in with our buddy, Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi,
6: some What's up? What's up, dude? Well, I do want to say, you know, that tomorrow the Clippers the Warriors play tomorrow. I'll be watching that game. Yeah? Because I need to watch and pay attention to that game. I need to watch because we're
5: playing them Friday. So, I want the Warriors to blow out the Clippers so we can win on Friday. Why not win on Friday? You like the beans? Why yeah. not win on Friday?
2: What do you want to do to the Clippers?
5: I want the Clippers to get blowed out. Yes. Nice. You the, wanna... Warriors, the, the Warriors are going to clip.
0: The Clippers
2: tomorrow. Oh! I love it, Nick. Anything light else? The beam. All right, light the beam. Hey, Morgan, are
0: you, are you doing pregame,
3: Morgan, Friday? <laughs> I'm doing pregame Friday and Saturday. All
2: right, Nick. Friday and Saturday. Sleep All right, Nick. Beams. All right, let's uh, squeeze in David. Hey,
0: David. Hey, guys, let's go three seed all day, baby. Ooh, okay.
2: Oh, okay. You know what? I like that mindset. It's what Mike Brown says. Let's get greedy and get the three seed. Why are you confident that the Kings can stay in the three spot? Because we've been there for like two months.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Why stop now? You know what? It's fair. Why not? It's a, it's a, it's a good <laughs> point. It's like, no, they've been there. And we we've, we've talked about like, oh, can they keep this going? The rest of the West has not found a, a sustained success, right? Yeah. You see these glimpses from the other team other teams but really who have been the most consistent teams this year in the nba uh, denver and Sacramento i'm sorry say, in the nuggets. west denver and sacramento they yeah. really kind of stayed in that i mean i guess you could put memphis in there too but you know they've had their skids sacramento hasn't had any crazy long losing skid their longest losing skid came the first four games of the season Ooh. when they were zero and four they have not lost three in a row
0: since late november
2: oh hell yeah oh david you got me yeah, and we've Brown. already
0: beat We've already beat Denver and Memphis, so we've already proven that we can do it.
2: Well, the only thing I would say there is those, those teams were shorthanded, too, right, when you played them. Um, but, yeah, it's a test. It's going to be a test. And I, I'm, I try to be realistic with this. I'm enjoying the ride. I'm not sitting here going, oh, this team's going to go win a championship this year. I don't think that. I don't. And they, they don't need to. But I'd love for them to be in a position, have a top-four seed, get that home-court oh. advantage, and get that place rocking at Golden One Center and I'm with Nick, why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah! Why not? Let's why not go. stick with us? We're going to be back in just a few minutes, you didn't like that. Okay. I do. It. Uh we're always live at youtube.com/sacktownsports1140. We'll be in the chat, chatting during the break. We'll be back in a few minutes. This is Sacktown Sports.
0: and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Okay. remind oh, me, yeah. Yeah,
3: what, what's going on over here, huh?
2: Just digging a kind of larger hole for the Lakers.
3: Oh.
1: It's you got to so dig over. it.
3: I mean, you got Anthony Davis. You got to make it a little bigger than that.
2: Rest in place.
1: You did do
3: that before the trade deadline. Then the trade deadline happened, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe I should well, not have And Now you're like.
2: Here's what I would say. I go. buried them before the trade deadline. I buried the Lakers, and then they did the whole Undertaker put their hand up and kind of peek through, and then you know what I did? I took the shovel. Boom! Oh! Hit him in the head. It is official. You don't need anyone else to tell you. I don't need Tristan Thompson going on ESPN going, What an idiot. They're gonna make the Western Conference Finals. No, 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 LA Lakers, you made the moves. You made all the trades, but your guys can't stay healthy. I don't want to hear you talking about, I want to get the sixth spot so I can play the Kings in the first round. Yeah. You're not right. getting there. It is all over. 2022-2023 Los Angeles Lakers. Rest in
1: Anthony y'all be watching the playoffs at home. Ooh.
3: I could honestly watch about 25 minutes straight of this. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No, no, no. But what's next?
2: That's it. Oh. That's all I had for you.
3: <laughs> I, honestly,
2: I here's what I'm gonna tell you right now. What? I grabbed this. I I'm going to go grab another shovel to bring it nearby for the Mavs.
3: What? No. Yeah. Okay. So when, okay, hold on. When you bury the Mavs, you're talking like they're in the play-in still. Yeah. This is, this is going to be not. a
2: fascinating thing with Dallas. They're 1-4 now, right?
3: Fascinating.
2: 1-4 when Kyrie and Luka play. Yeah. And I'm not going to put it all on that trade, right? Because I think those two t- guys are really talented offensive players. But this is what we were talking about after the deadline. Yeah, they're going to be tough offensively but they're not going to be able to stop anyone. They have no interior presence offensively or defensively. They are a flawed team. Luca is still not in good shape. Uh He still argues all the time. It was his birthday. Happy 24th. Happy
3: 24th. He's going
2: to be a great player. He's a great player now, but it takes another level to win a championship. He's not there, and the Mavs are going to be eliminated early this year.
3: By the way, when we talk about Luca like this this is out of the utmost respect for his talents uh the special player he is because
2: sausage arms and cankles
3: and yes he is he does need to get in better shape because he has sausage arms and cankles right now but he's going to be humbled by this experience and the only reason why I talk about this like I ever want it to happen is because I am a huge NBA fan. I'm a huge basketball fan. And when there's something as great as Luca in your league that you enjoy watching at that age, you do want to see him excel to his highest level. In some ways, as a Kings fan, no, you don't want to see it. But truly, as a basketball fan, yes, it's something I want to see. And I think this is going to be the year that it really breaks him to try and do something different in offseason. And if he doesn't, Deuce, then it's really going to be something different because – I don't think Kyrie's going to be with him. Well,
2: that's the thing. You made this trade thinking mm-hmm. that, oh, we just paired these guys together. It's They're going to stay long-term, and maybe they will. Maybe they'll figure it out and be a pair together. But you still have to put a team around, yeah. and that's a challenge. Dallas has not shown in the past that they can attract legitimate free agents. And, I, you know, there's going to be suitors for Kyrie. Like, LeBron, especially if this year goes the way it's looking for the Lakers, and he's oh, looking at the calendar going, oh. It's ticking. I'm getting old. It's 2023-24 season. I want to win another ring. He's going to be doing the hard push on Kyrie Irving. Maybe KD in Phoenix.
3: So, we talk about the hard push for Kyrie, and I mentioned this to you last night. And everyone can call me crazy, and I just really don't care at all. Um, oh, you're loco, man. <laughs> how do you even have these so quick? So... I look at LeBron James and what he's tried creating in Los Angeles, and he's running out of time. He's running out of time, but he thinks he's going to play until 43, and even if he does, what does he look like, you know, even next year? So I said this to you last night, and I was like, what if he becomes the ring chaser and not someone else coming to him to be the ring chaser. And
2: that's not ever gonna happen. It's probably
3: never it's gonna, happen. gonna happen. It's bizarre, it's wild. But at the same time, if that's what you ultimately want to do, people don't want to run to you to play with you. Um, not everyone does. You know, the the very the, the flat earthers of the world want to do that with you, maybe. And I don't know. I just don't see LeBron James winning another Championship like this, and well, I'm not just talking about him and where he is with his talents.
2: I think when we look back at the LeBron era in l a yeah, I know they won the bubble championship, yeah, but ultimately he went there to win rings, and it's not to me just oh it's hey, if you don't win, it's a failure no, it's he's had injuries, I think he's also influenced deals that maybe they shouldn't have made, right? Like, yeah. they had some young talent that they could have built around to usher in the next era. They made a trade for AD, which at the time, probably worth the risk because of where AD was at in his career. This young big who most people thought could be the best big in, like, the last 20 years. Uh-huh. It was worth the risk. But the Westbrook deal? Yeah, they, they messed up by not bringing huge. back that championship team. That, that's That was a huge...
3: I mean, but even before that, like you said, even with the Anthony Davis trade, you look at the young talent that they did have to give up, um, Lonzo Ball being one of those pieces, but Brandon Ingram, right? Like, you look at some of those pieces uh, and what they could have added and been around LeBron James and developed around LeBron James, it things could have looked a little different. And I think... When I say LeBron James is never going to win a championship unless he changes some things, it's got to be his mindset, his mentality and his role as a leader. I think so many people have great things to say about him, too. And they go, he's so coachable. He's so this. And people want to push that narrative out. Of him like, he's such a great guy on and off the court. And I think because all the people he's talking to, he's building those relationships with. So they're not going to have anything bad to say about him at all in the first place. But. Billionaires are different, man. It's just a different class of person. You want to say we're all equals? Nah. Those people, those people are very different uh, mentally.
2: It's just crazy to think back to the fact that they had like Lonzo and B.I. That's what I'm saying. Kuzma. Kuzma was the other one. If they would have re-signed Julius Randall. I mean, there's been a lot of talent that's gone through there.
3: That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. All
2: right. Coming up next, uh, we gotta mix in some story time with Chris for a lot. We got a lot of NBA topics we're gonna hit coming up next hour. Plus, we gotta give some love to other basketball teams in Sacramento who are stepping up in a big time way. Oh, yes. It's Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports.
0: And Mo.
1: Deuce and Moe.
2: Deuce and Moe.
0: Sacktown Sports.
2: All right. I was mean to Morgan on the YouTube chat Thank during you. the break. So I have to apologize. Morgan wanted everyone to know yeah. that Malika Andrews is wearing a certain suit today on NBA Today. And Morgan says, I am wearing the same one this weekend.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's- cool. Oh, cool. Congrats. That's awesome. I mean, it just like makes me feel good about my outfit choices as a. Have some
2: confidence in your outfit choices.
3: Well, that's the thing, Deuce. It's not easy when you have, and I'm not complaining about this at all, but when you have multiple jobs, these people have stylists. That is their job. They get paid one salary to be a stylist. I have to be my own stylist, and the fact that I'm picking out things that a stylist that is getting paid a full salary for, yeah, feeling pretty good. So thanks for validating my feelings.
2: I am maintenance over here. Okay. A couple of notes before we move forward. That pimple
3: keeps getting bigger. Tomorrow,
2: around this time, we'll be getting ready to talk to a former sixth man of the year in the NBA. One of my favorite Kings players of all time. Bobby Jackson will be on the show tomorrow. Hell yeah. At 1 p.m. He's also the Stockton Kings head coach. I want to get his perspective on what Sacramento's been doing this year. And also what some of the guys in Stockton are doing, including the Mias Kada and the rookie Keon Ellis, who was awesome. We watched him last Oof. night, yesterday. That's why we missed the show yesterday. We were doing a Stockton Kings broadcast. Keon Ellis, Luke. Awesome.
3: He looked like probably one of his best games mm-hmm. that I've seen in person with him. Really yeah. good.
2: And then Friday, super excited to talk to two head coaches in Sacramento. Mark Campbell, the Sac State women's head coach. They just won the Big Sky. They're getting Congrats, ready for the Big dude. Sky tournament. And then David Patrick, who has just turned around the Sac State men's program. He's their head coach. Yep. He is joining us on Friday as well, plus the Kings round table. It's a big week. And SACDOWN Sports announced today, home of the San Francisco 49ers. what a great time of course we're live and local from 6a to 6p coming up next hour we'll be talking a ton of kings and nba but now it's time to buckle up everybody we debuted this a week week and a half ago yeah chris Laud loves bringing weird stories to the table he sure does sometimes i'm like i don't know if we're gonna fit that in and we figured no this is how we fit it in yep story time (laughs) With Chris Verlod, <laughs> baby. Let's go! This program, oh.
0: all an it's that time of the day where Chris Verlod gives you the stories that you need to hear.
4: Or maybe not. Oh. Story time With Chris Verlod,
1: baby!
6: Okay, so I've been told to make it less morbid, but... What? I'm going to say here... Hmm. <laughs> Let's just get into it.
1: Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs>
6: This takes place in Changqing, China. Okay. This uh, this is from Yahoo News Australia. Authorities in Changqing on Wednesday reported to an area where villagers called about an older man behaving abnormally. The man refused to answer any questions, so police could not determine his identity. Police suspected he might be Zhao Kanglo, a man who went missing in 2014 after escaping a hospital that his nursing home sent him to. Zhao's grandson happened to see a missing persons poster for the man and noticed his likeness to his grandfather. When he met the man, the man began crying and he was able to write out the names of his family. But there was was a surprise to this meeting.
3: Oh, no!
6: The reason why, you might be asking, like, why isn't the family looking for him because he went missing in 2014? Why did they just stop looking? That's because in 2014, He died or they thought he died.
3: Whoa. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? There
6: was a man man believed to be Zhao that was killed in a car accident in 2014. The body was identified as Zhao by villagers, Zhao's cousin, niece, and nephew. His nephew reportedly declined an autopsy, and the body was sent for cremation. At the time, the DNA testing for non-immediate family members was unavailable. So now the police are working on finding out who the man that they cremated was. Luckily for them, they still have DNA from that case, and they're test they're checking it out. But as of right now, they don't know who that was.
2: So what's he been doing since twenty
3: fourteen?
6: Then he's been homeless, like just walking so around. Oh do my do God.
3: do we was he even in the this accident and just not? No, found? he wasn't
6: there. He escaped. He. Escaped the hospital. That is insane. Uh, then there was an accident. They're like, hey, we think it was him. He his, it.
2: Like, the insane. body. That is insane. Could you imagine if you you, you found out, like, I don't know. Yeah, remember, who? who uh, you, I'm just you, trying to say, like, a <laughs> relative. Imagine, you know, your your horse, you had a horse that died. Okay. And it turns out, all of a sudden, you, <laughs> your house, you're here, <sighs> And it was bullseye.
3: Um, A little different than a human being. But no, but yes, how wild still... would
2: that be? Would you be like, oh, my God.
3: Yeah, no, I'd be like, ghost horse, ghost <laughs> horse. Would you hop on? No. I'd be like, this thing is going to kill me. Okay,
2: what if it was a relative that you thought was dead?
3: I right. would kill him. No. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I'd be like, you're dead. You're not supposed to be here.
6: And Boom. that is a great way to be on Storytime with Christopher Lod. Oh, okay. Bebe. What's next oh, on Storytime?
3: Got
6: it. Uh, how about we go to Puno, Peru? Okay, let's, let's go, go to Peru. I've heard great things this about is from Peru. This comes from the independent UK. One and, of our listeners actually is from uh, lives in Peru. Oh. oh! Maybe they know this story. An 800-year-old mummy was discovered by authorities in Puno, Peru. Huh? After they spotted it in a cooler next to three men having some beers. Julio Cesar <laughs> told the police that the mummy belonged to his family, and he just wanted to show it off to his friends.
2: I get it. You're having some drinks with the boys. Hey! Come check out. We got this 800 year old mummy, man. No, you don't. Oh, you don't believe me? (laughs) Hey, Hey, you want a beer? Open the cooler. Oh, my God. What is that?
6: Hell no. I'm out. The man said that his father bought the mummy for 2,000 Peruvian soul or about $527 40 years ago. The ministry. That's a lot
2: of money for. Yeah. Oh, my
6: God. The Ministry of Culture said the mummy is an important pre-Hispanic cultural asset and was seized by authorities. Oh, man. And they're trying to decide what to do with it next. Okay. Would you like to buy a mummy if if we had, like, a mummy in studio?
3: So, (laughs) no. No. This is – okay, but just going off this story, Chris, I forget what culture it is, but I saw a story that they take out their dead relatives – from They, like, mummify them. Same thing. They take them out every year and, yes. and bring them out.
2: I, I've seen that, too. Yeah. I, I don't want to talk about it. But,
3: but like, maybe that's how they bought <laughs> I understand, someone's dead grandma. And I
2: appreciate everyone's traditions. There's
6: no chance. If
3: I could make money off of my dead grandma being mummified, <laughs> I would sell my dead grandma. Yes. Correct. Now
6: I'm the one that's being dark, Yeah. Huh? Come on. Wait, when, would you? No. Really? That's my grandma. But you would sell your
2: grandma, Morgan, just... You just mummified
3: Bobby, body, yes.
2: You, Morgan. Come on.
6: You're not being serious.
3: You know I'm being serious. <laughs>
2: okay, also, it's weird because your grandma's still alive and you're talking about this. Go
4: ahead, Chris.
6: <laughs> All right, let's go with the last one. I said that there would be some visual cases, so I just, I just texted I you the picture. Oh, God. This comes from Mexico City. Oh, this is CBS News. The president of Mexico posted on social media this weekend a picture of what he believes is an Alush. And Do you guys see the picture there? Yeah. Oh, the God. That's, yeah, that's I... scary, dude. So the Alouche is a mythological woodland spirit like what people think of as elves. <laughs> so President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador tweeted out Saturday that the photo was taken by an engineer and it appears to be an Alouche. The Alouche's are small mischievous creatures in Mayan folklore that inhibit the fields and are prone to playing tricks on people, like, hiding things. So after seeing this picture taken by this engineer, do you guys believe in eluches? Yes. No? No? (laughs) Okay, here's my thing with any of these weird sightings.
2: From UFOs to, hey, there's this crazy uh, thing I saw at night. We never get good, clear footage. Bigfoot. It's always something, like, far away and grainy that you have to stare and go... What do you think? That's the problem. The day you give me a high-resolution photo, mm. something that's cut, co- and don't say, "Oh, it's really hard." Oh, really? I pop a vitamin, watch Netflix at night. You know what you, you know? What I see? What do you see? I see a cheetah
7: oh. hunting
3: something in the wild. I see people, but those people are staying there for weeks and weeks and and understanding what yeah, these yeah, yeah. cheetahs so, like. That, so do. set up a
2: whole bunch of cameras in this area, though high resolution, and let's let's try to. Figure it out. Do legit surveillance instead. There's always some. Oh, I saw this footage. You see that light? And it's like, no, I, I don't. I don't.
3: I, I do. Garbage. And
6: just to let you know, the image wasn't taken recently. It was two years ago. It appears to be some sort of like.
3: There you go. BlackBerry at that time, huh?
6: Oh yeah, two years ago. The cameras were so much worse. Two years ago. <laughs> Did not have that technology in 2021 at all. Mm-hmm. Well, that was that was
2: a good uh, story time with Chris I for a lot. it. I appreciate Nobody.
6: It. Died. There were several people thank that you, started thank off you. dead. Yeah,
3: And making money off of dead people is okay. Proceed.
2: <laughs> I, just... I, I don't think you know what you're saying, and that's fine. I think I, I, I'm just going to blame this on the sinus infection.
3: I'm I'm totally joking. I know by the you way,
6: are. I know totally you,
3: okay. joking. I would not. Does anyone? Do you need me to say that out loud? I would not sell my mummified grandmother. Well, you know, not... That was
6: big business in America in the 1800s, <laughs> and I'm not joking. <laughs> Oh. really? Well, coming up next,
2: we go back to the Kings for a second because I, there's a couple interesting articles that came out about Mike Brown yesterday uh-huh. and what Fox and Brown had to say and what Vivek had to say about Coach Brown's first year.
3: Dude, yes, please.
2: We're going to talk about it coming up next. Deuce and Mo live until 2 p.m. here on Sacktown Sports.
3: And Mo. Deuce and Moe. Deuce and Moe.
0: Sacktown Sports.
2: Deuce Mason, Morgan, Rayan, also Christopher Lodd. We're hanging out live until two p.m. Cattles and Rami take over after that. Uh, I do want to mention one thing real fast, Morgan. We got to give some love to SacktownSports.com. Uh, you know, I know some of you driving around right now, going,
3: "You're just a radio station, right?" Nope. Uh-uh. Wrong.
2: Yeah. The shows are on the
3: radio, just one of the platforms From that's on six
2: to six, mm-hmm. right? You got live and local, which is great, but always streaming at slash Sports 1140 We also have a great digital squad that's putting out content that's exclusive to the website, and it's not just like hey, we're just posting an interview and that's it. Like, nope, you know, this is legitimate resources being put behind it. Like today, I'm checking out the website sacktownsports.com. The big announcement 49ers reach an agreement. To air their games right here on Sacktown Sports. So, yes, Sacktown Sports, the home of the Niners. Also, you got Sack State coverage too. Ugh. Stingers, up. Stingers I went, up. I went to, to Sack State, graduated with honors because I'm a genius. And Sack State men's.
3: What? You disagree with that? Nobody said anything. You gave me a look. We looked at each other. I
6: went to Sack State and I did not graduate with honors.
3: I went to Sack State and I didn't even graduate.
6: <laughs> I did. <laughs> And you guys have the same job. Interesting.
2: Yeah.
6: <laughs> God, She won. She won. That.
2: Uh, anyways, there's uh, we have a, a full breakdown of the Sac State schedule coming up with the Big Sky Tournament. Of course, Frankie Cardicelli covering the Sacramento Kings for Sac Town Sports. And then Neil Fergosa covering the 49ers sacktown sports so make sure to go sacktownsports.com did i say sacktown sports enough say it one more time sacktown sports your home of the kings hell yeah and the san francisco 49ers hell yeah appreciate you guys hanging out with us if you're watching us on youtube make sure to hit the thumbs up button all it does is help our channel continue to grow as we build out this channel and give you guys more and more content uh morgan reagan It's good to see the Kings in the news this year for, like, some positive stuff. Yeah. Usually it's like, hey, how about this dysfunction in Sacramento? Oh, my God. This coach, uh, this player wants out. There's drama here, there. A fan
6: Mm -hmm. threw up on the floor.
2: A fan all over the floor. Oh, and they fired another head coach. Correct. That's usually what it is. Well, two pieces came out about head coach Mike Brown yesterday. So cool. Dude, Chris Herring over at SI and... Mark J. Spears, the Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, getting inducted to the Basketball Hall of Fame, dropped articles on Mike Brown. And I thought it was good stuff. I thought Chris Herring did a great job going in detail about defensive stuff and and breaking down where they are defensively. And I thought Mark J. Spears had a couple of interesting nuggets talking about how players are feeling about Mike Brown. De'Aaron Fox says he just demands greatness. He demands everything to be to the T. If there's a little slippage in a game or practice, he's going to say something. Having that kind of accountability has been great for us. He's a military guy too, but he is that joy and uplifts everybody. If he has to run to do something or show someone how to do a box out, he will jump in a drill and do it. Having someone who's very strict and strategic but could come in and do it with a smile is great and someone everyone wants in a coach. People I talk to are like, Mike Brown would be great. Uh, Because of what I said in the past, uh, of what I wanted. We needed someone who could hold guys accountable and who is strict. He fits the mold perfectly. The way we were run in the past, we felt we needed someone who would hold everyone from top to bottom accountable. That's De'Aaron Fox (sighs) on Mike Brown.
3: One, you love to hear that from one of your leaders on your squad. And a guy that we've watched develop and grow and mature over his years i don't see him saying that about any other coach over the years and and it's no knock on them it's because they don't have what mike brown has Mm -hmm. and two what he had to say about mike brown and what he brings with accountability and everything else it's like that saying shoot for the moon land upon the stars that's what mike brown does with all things in his life it's Shoot for perfection so then if you do land short of it, you're still doing great things. And I love that that is his mindset with the way that he goes about his preparation, his team's preparation. Um It's just a winning mentality and it is something that has been contagious this year. It's one thing too for a
2: player to say, I want accountability. But then once you're being held accountable, how are you reacting? And it's cool to see that, The players are digging that level of accountability. And at the same time, they're all responding. Even guys who have been in and out of the lineup. And it's a huge credit to Mike Brown. I mean, we've said this. And the more and more the season goes on, this was one of the biggest decisions they had to make this over the offseason. And Monty McNair and that group crushed it. They, They landed a guy... Who has evolved as a coach? Who got an opportunity as a young coach in the league, and he was rigid and the structure, and not you know totally being comfortable with the fact that he was young, and some guys were the same age as him that he had to coach. Took him a little while, right? You gain perspective hanging around Pop, and then going to join Steve Kerr's staff, seeing how things are done, taking the good, taking the bad, and you just see his how he's evolved. It's a great lesson for everybody. Like you can evolve and get better.
3: Absolutely. And I think, you know, the way that you talk about accountability too and guys responding to being held accountable, you're not you're not going to want to do something for someone unless you actually like them, trust them and have respect for them. Mike Brown had to earn that respect. He had to earn these players' trust. Think about the piece that we heard uh who wrote that piece that q a with sabonis was that sam amick yeah right and you you, sabonis even talked about when he was coming in you know like mike brown had one way and he wasn't sure if he was going to adapt to the way that sabonis was coming into play He collaborated, he adapted, and they held each other accountable, right? I think that is what's been so big this entire season is that it's not just Mike Brown. It starts with Mike Brown, but everyone else is holding each other accountable for their actions.
2: HB had some things to say, too. He says, when you come in with a new group, there are a lot of challenges that you've had. But he has done a great job getting guys to buy in, especially on the fly. As the league is changing and getting a lot younger, connecting with players is the most important thing a coach can do. He's done a great job bridging the gap between the varying ages of guys. It's been great to see. So that's cool. How about Vivek?
3: Ooh. You don't hear from Vivek a lot. No.
2: He's kind what? of in the background, right? Like, And that's fine.
3: Which, by the way, has also been great. I love the support that you see him. Get. You, you feel like he loves this team this game but you also aren't hearing any drama that used to come out all the time and in him being in the mix of everything and i think that's very important just like how we say in basketball how everyone should stick to their roles i think he's even matured and grown as an owner to be like yeah i'm gonna play more in this role
2: yeah i mean you hope that you can learn from it because it's typical with new owners in the league they come in and it's just like hands on, I just spent a lot of money on this. I want to do this, this, this. I'm going to do something differently. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Take a step back, man. Yeah. Build this out right. Here's what Vivek had to say about Mike Brown. He's done this by demanding radical accountability from his players coupled with radical love and support for them at the same time. I don't believe there's a harder working coach in the association. He has a 24-7 obsession with, for excellence combined with a sense of urgency and attention to detail that can be seen in his practices, games, and off-court interactions with players and basketball staff. While we recognize our work is not done, there is no question in my mind that Mike has earned the right to be coach of the year. That's Vivek Ranadive.
3: And obviously, he's going to say that, but he's not wrong. He's definitely it's not a wrong. Uh, it's a great breakdown. I, I, I just... You can feel the love with this organization. Deuce, you and I are obviously at all the Stockton Kings home games, calling the games on the broadcast. And we've seen over this season, more than other seasons, coaches, players coming on through, watching the G League squad play their game. And you can feel not only their love of that, they're part of the organization too, but that's my whole point. It's like love for... Everyone with this within this entire King's family. I think
2: the other thing too, how Mike is connected with this city, and he's making it a point. Like he's at high school games. He's showing up at high school football games, basketball games. On one of his off nights, Mike Brown's checking out a Sack State game. So, and, cool. and he's talking about it. He's giving love to things that people in this town care about. Yeah, like. People in this town care about the community. It's a different city, right? It's not this huge town, right? They care about Sacramento. Like, we we do take pride in it. And he's found ways to talk about other things besides Sacramento. He's acknowledging other things happening. He's given love to G-Man.
1: Mm-hmm. It's oh just cool. God. And I, I yeah. think that
2: just breeds, like, a positive environment with this team. So I just thought it was really cool to see Mike Brown get some national love from Mark Spears and then um in SI too
3: yeah and I think in that SI piece when he was talking a little bit about um he it was it felt like it was more of a technical conversation right they were talking about their defense and he's just breaking things down so transparent so honest about his team and that's what I love about him too is that he doesn't need to hide anything Mm. he's not like oh if I tell you this I'm giving away my game plan it's like no if you're smart enough, you're going to know this game plan just by watching the film, so why not just be talking about it, you know? And, and why not talk about it and then even find other ways to be better so teams still can't stop you? That's what De'Aaron Fox has done with his entire game as an individual.
2: Uh, we have to take a break on the radio side, but it's only a one-minute break. Oh. So you actually don't need to go anywhere. Uh-uh. Uh, make sure to know that we're always live, too, at youtube.com slash Sports 1140 It's Deuce and Mo.
1: And Mo. Deuce and Mo.
2: Sacktown Sports. Coming up at 2, we got Cass and Ramy. They'll be talking about what went down last night in the NBA, including the Kings winning their fourth consecutive game. Without De'Aaron Fox, the Kings go to OKC. Complete the sweep. Now they get a few days off and get ready for a Friday night rematch with the L.A. Clippers. I swear... <sighs> You're with me on this, right?
3: Okay, tell me first. <laughs>
2: you want the Clippers to play Kawhi and Paul George on that Friday night. You don't need a load management game. You want that to be full strength, going head-to-head like they did on last week in L.A. where they went to double OT.
3: I want that for a couple reasons. One of the reasons, because you it's a real test, right? Like, you get to be... You get to measure out the game better going, oh, okay, this is what it would be like. Um, You're seeing them play a second game against each other within a week. Um, Sure. So that's one reason. But another reason, just as a basketball fan. Yeah. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are fun to watch, and it's even more fun to watch when you see a team that you root for find ways to stop them, to play good defense on them, to slow them down. So yes, it is enjoyable basketball, and I want them out there.
2: I'm curious how they're going to approach it, just because they are going to be on the second night of back to back. And
3: yeah, maybe no Kawhi. You got to do it at some point. You got to start playing back to back. I know. right. Or well, does we... it
2: not that matter? I mean, I guess you don't play back to backs in the playoffs, so I guess it doesn't matter. You just want him fresh for the playoffs. And
3: this is a path that the Raptors did before, and that led to a championship. That's the gold, Deuce. And people are handing them the championship trophy. Well, they're
2: 0-3 coming out of the break. <laughs> losses to Sacramento in double overtime. Denver in overtime. They lost at home to Minnesota, who the Kings play on Saturday night. It's tough back-to-back with the Clippers and T-Wolves in town.
3: I, I wanna, Is Zubots back?
2: Yeah, he uh, came back last night. Okay,
3: he came back last night. Okay, um... <laughs> Yeah, because I look at that situation with him and obviously how we saw Mason Plumley as one of the backups for their big when Zubats was out. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. And I think it was interesting to see too, because in Sacramento, the amount of times that we had people here. I mean, I had said it even a few times. Like, hey, Mason Plumley in the yeah. in, d- trade deadline, like in the buyout market. Like, let's, let's see what we can do there because you're not playing guys down your bench anyway. And the grass isn't always greener on the other side, right? Like, you're seeing it right now with the Clippers. It's not like he's making a huge impact. I think someone that you are seen make a big impact is like Jared Vanderbilt and that's where you're like, man, why couldn't they get them? Uh, it takes two teams to tango. I think the
2: other thing too with all these trades, like I like the trades that the Clippers made. They added to their team but when you add Plumlee, Bones Highland, um, Eric Gordon, who am I missing? There's another one I'm missing right now I can't think off the top of my head.
3: Um, Wait, that's going to bother me. Hold on, I got it. I got it. I've got it. Nope, don't go anywhere. Kawhi Leonard. No. Um Russell Call George. Russell.
2: R- Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I want the obvious one. The Russell Westbrook edition is one that I completely forgot about for some bizarre reason. Uh my point though is when you add those players, obviously they're talented. But it, you're trying to fit them in late in the year.
3: Mm-hmm. You are trying to fit them in late in the year, but at the same time, it's not like Kawhi Leonard was playing all year. I know, but that's what I'm saying. It makes it hard, though. I you're see. trying to
2: build the chemistry, and it's like, hey, uh, we've got 20 games to figure it out, and oh, by the way, we need to win these games. And yeah. that's, I think that's been a, a challenge for them, obviously. Yeah,
3: an obvious challenge uh, at the same time to, will it be one of those seasons where we're where. It works out for them, and then people start going, uh, is that the direction we go? Load management, save guys' legs until the end, especially if they're older like LeBron James. Um, It's awful for the NBA. These guys are just trying to win championships, so how they go about stopping that, we'll just see what happens with this Clippers squad.
2: I do love the fact that, like, in the NBA, the I mean, in Sacramento, it's always Kings. Like, oh, my God, this is where they're at for obvious reasons. They're the number three seed. No one predicted that. But it's funny when we start talking about like NBA conversation. Could you imagine if the Lakers or the Clippers or the Warriors won 16 games in a row?
3: Oh, like this season like right now if they imagine
2: did Imagine what they would be talking about on ESPN.
3: Oh, they would be they would be That would be the conversation. They would not stop talking about it. I think we would be talking about it for the most part. But, you know, it's still mostly Kings in this town. But ESPN, yeah, like, that's all.
6: I I think you guys are being a little bit rough. I'm sure if a team won 16 games besides those teams, they would be all over it, nonstop. Yeah, and, you know, I already derped myself
2: here. It's 15 in a row. See? Uh, Yes, 15 in a row. The Milwaukee Bucks. So the next game, watch it. The Bucs have won 15 straight games. Yep. And it's not like, oh, it's like, hey, they've never done anything before. Morgan, they've won a championship. Mm-hmm. They've got Giannis. Mm-hmm. Giannis was asked about after the game last night when they beat Brooklyn, if he feels like people take him for granted. What'd he say? Yes.
3: Ooh.
2: He says yes, and it's Okay. Oh, I don't think I'm the first. I don't think I'm the last. I feel like people take for granted KD, people take for granted LeBron, people take for granted Steph. You see all this greatness every day and they take it for granted until they're, they're not there anymore. And you're like, oh man, I miss those guys. I miss the show they put on. It's okay. I just got to keep going out there, enjoying the game of basketball, because when I stop enjoying the game of basketball, the game is done. I got to keep enjoying it. I got to keep on building. I got to keep on trying to win. I can't control what other people think. If they take it for granted, I can't control that. I don't take it for granted. Uh, My pushback on this, I understand kind of what he's saying, but I do think the fans love Giannis. I think he's one of the most popular players. The guy was the all-star captain for a reason. Uh It's interesting how the NBA conversation gets steered a lot because Giannis gets voted in as the all-star captain. Fans love him. Jersey sales, kids. He's a great guy. He's everything you would want in a player. He's won an MVP. (laughs) He's won a championship. ESPN they're not talking about Ever. the bucks. So I don't understand what why it misses the mark and I think part of it is what we always talk about. It's like, well, it's market size. Milwaukee's a small market and if I'm ESPN, there is more money in talking about the Lakers, uh-huh. the uh, Warriors, even the Knicks, the Ni- yep, yep. And even the Bulls sometimes because mm-hmm. of Chicago. Then there is talking about the Bucks,
3: which is such a disservice to the sport. Yeah. To the league, and I mean, just like you said, it, NBA Today is on every single day. We have it on in here every single day. We're not listening to it, obviously, but there's rarely a time that I am seeing Milwaukee Bucks logos or Giannis Antetokounmpo up on that screen, Deuce. It's look right now, <laughs> who's up there? It's LeBron, and yeah. of course,
2: LeBron's a big time player. But like, sure, you know, it's also the Lakers are below five hundred, right? Like Mm -hmm. the league and its partners should do a better job at celebrating great stories. And it's like, even when you come to the Kings, you know, it's like they have had two all-stars. Yep. They've been the number three seed for a while. And they're just now getting an additional national TV game on TNT when they take on the Knicks, which hey, give the league credit. They're putting the Kings on national TV, but you realize why they're putting them on national TV. Why? They're playing the Knicks. They want the New York market. So even like, And the Knicks are doing well. I call them the Sacramento Kings of the East, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they've surprised some people. But, like, that's why they're getting on. It's because, oh, the Knicks are good, and, oh, that's a way to get Sacramento on. I just think the league should – and they've done this for years, and I I know it's the same old stuff. It's why don't you try to celebrate – you have an undercard, right? In 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 wrestling or boxing, Uh right? UFC, whatever you want to call it. You got the main event. You got the main event, but you've got to build the card up. You don't just have an event with all main events all the time. So if you want to put a main event that's like the typical Clippers Warriors matchup, have the undercard. Yeah, be a Kings and Son, or you know, I'm trying to think of something even different. Yeah, Kings Mavs. Sure. And look, the league had opportunities to put Kings Mavs on. Imagine if that game would have been on, that Saturday Night game at Golden 1. They could have had Kings Clippers on. You know what they had instead?
7: They had OKC
3: and
2: Phoenix. Yep, that's what it was. And so I just think the league misses the mark a lot of times.
3: Yeah, I'm totally with you. And I think that goes to really understanding the game, the product, and celebrating it in the right way. And that's the underdog stories. I understand over the years not celebrating the Kings. And I think at times it's still frustrating when you act like they weren't even a team in the NBA and they were only talked about as the joke of the NBA. But now that they're not in their good team, like there's such a great angle there. Yep. Like cash in on that. Don't just try to light the beam one time on your daily show and call it a day. And check the box. Yeah. We, checked, we checked the Kings
2: box. We did it.
3: We acknowledge him. I'm, I'm with you on that, Deuce.
2: Um, you realize. What? The fallout of Revolution is March 8th at Golden One Center. For the first time ever, AEW All Elite Wrestling is coming to Sacramento. Chris Jericho, the wizard in Sacramento. Who else is going to be there, Chris Verlade? Who? Uh,
6: How about the elite with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega?
2: Is MJF... Tractually obligated to show up to Sacramento?
6: I think he's going to be a sad guy without his Triple B.
2: Oh! The is going to be amazing. Yeah. i going to be in the building for that. And you can be too if you're caller number 10. If you're caller 10 at 339 1141, 1 Andrew 920 1140, you're going to get a pair of tickets to AEW Dynamite slash Rampage. That's coming up Wednesday, March 8th at Golden One Center. You could secure your seats today. GoldenOneCenter.com slash events. <laughs> we got more coming up next. Deuce and Mo live until two on Sacktown Sports.
0: Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Morgan Reagan.
3: Yes.
2: I was trying to see if there was ringing in my ears just now or if that was just this song.
3: Dude, it's the song. Every time I have to turn down my headphones. Otherwise, my ears, like, start oh, man, ringing. that's bad. My yeah. ear was ringing. No, Deuce, that's really bad for your ears.
6: Plus, you have your headphones on full blast. Yeah. No, we
3: don't. No, you, even I in like the, the podcast voice. studio, dude, he puts it full blast and he's like, I can't hear it. And one, I think one of his eardrums are, like, going out. Okay. I wouldn't just say that I'm worried and concerned about you. Yeah, It
2: sounds like it, it sounds like you're really concerned.
3: Okay.
4: There's a Google thing now.
2: <laughs> um, Morgan Reagan. <laughs> yeah. We're talking a lot of say NBA shout out to Matt Mayoko for joining us in the Dude. first hour. If you missed that, go to sactownsports.com. Check it out on the YouTube page too. youtube.com slash Sports 1140 Talk to him about the Niners quarterback situation. Where he's like, I don't know. I mean, could Tom Brady be in the mix? He doesn't think so, but a lot hinges on what's going down with Brock Purdy and the surgery. Uh, had him on today, too, because Sactown Sports made a big announcement. Home of the San Francisco 49ers every game here on Sactown Sports now.
3: Love it. Love it.
2: Also, what a week for Sacramento basketball.
3: Basketball.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to acknowledge this for a second, okay? And I was talking to Jason Ross about this yesterday. Uh Uh-huh. We don't – we need to, like, do a better job highlighting – College programs, high school athletes. There's like so many great stories that we got to do a better job highlighting. And Sac State women, their basketball squad, the Big Sky champs, dude. It's,
3: That's a big congratulations time Congratulations yeah. to those Hoopers. That's so dope. That's awesome. I love that it's right here in our city too. Yeah, they
2: beat Portland State. We're going to have the women's head coach, Mark Campbell, on the show Friday uh, in the 11 o'clock hour. And they get the Big Sky tournament started is soon. They play uh, Idaho in the tournament, March 6th. That game's on ESPN+. And then on the men's side, David Patrick has turned around the program. A couple of notes that they put out. Most wins by a first-year head coach in the Division I era, 14. Wow. They have a bye um, in the Big Sky tournament. That's never happened for them before. They're a top six seed for just a second time in the last 16 years, and they're the nation's 20th best rebounding team. They play Weber State coming up.
3: What an exciting year for just Sac State as a whole! You think about football and everything that went down. Their football program's in great, of course. Uh You know,
2: they they lost their head coach, who went on the bigger and better things at Stanford. But yeah, the 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 basketball programs are killing it this year, and they deserve love. So we'll be talking to both head coaches coming up on Friday's show. We also have Bobby Jackson coming up on
6: tomorrow's show. I'm
3: excited to talk to him because. Whenever we do,
6: whoa! I almost played the wrong sounder there.
3: Whoa! I'm glad you didn't. <laughs>
6: about Bobby Jackson, I asked, I just I wanted to play the, like the the mm-hmm. hey yeah let's go Bobby. I accidentally hit mm-hmm. the wrong one. Yeah sure. no yeah this is
3: conspiracy theory. Um, what I was gonna say about Bobby Jackson though, one of my favorite things when Deuce and I are on the scores table on the broadcast calling the game, Bobby Jackson, <laughs> he'll be coming over. Because he's just coaching up his guys. And when he's mad or something, I'll always look at him. And he'll look at me and just look, like, disgusted about something that just happened defensively or just frustrated about something. All of his expressions are amazing. He is such a good guy, such a good coach. I'm excited to talk to him.
2: Morgan, the month of February is all over. Yeah. It's March, March 1st now. I need to think about that. Question for you. Uh Uh-huh. Kings best moment in the month of February in your mind?
3: Easy for me. I mean,
2: multiple? Yeah, but- sure, but if you could have to pick one, you're alright, this is the number one moment for me in the month of February. I was February. just yeah. mentioning
3: that there are multiple for me, but I'm going to pick one, so don't you worry. Um, mine would have to be the Kings, Mavs, Saturday night, mm. first game ever with Luca and Kyrie playing together because obviously the night before, Luca wasn't playing. So that first night that they were playing together, you and I were on the NBC Sports California broadcast, and that was probably all together. Everything that factored in was just so magical. Obviously, doing the broadcast with you, like living out our dream on TV is just so fun. But then on top of that, and Fox having that like defining moments. In his career, yeah,
2: twenty six points in the fourth quarter and overtime in that game.
3: Just, I mean, he told his team to get on his back. Let's go! I think Sabonis ended up fouling out in that one as well, and yeah. it was like you just never lost confidence in him in his ability to win that game. And
2: it was a magical night too. It was. Like the crowd was insane, Electric. the loudest it's ever been. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, I think for me, that game's up there. G-Man's 3,000th game was pretty cool, just from, like, everything. Because, obviously, we're close with him. But to see how the team treated him and they won that game, that was really cool. Um, And the Clippers game's an obvious. I mean, that's... Duh. That's
6: one of the great games in history.
3: Did you have one? Yeah,
6: of course. The Clippers game. That's, yeah. That Monk three-pointer.
3: Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. Oh, man. And I love that, too, because in that SI piece that we were talking about with Mike Brown earlier... They were talking a little bit about their offense and those big plays, and he was like, Yeah, it's not me. Like, I'm getting all this credit for that moment. And he goes, Jay Triano is our offensive coordinator. He's the one that is writing out that play, is making that magic happen on the floor, and obviously the guys are executing it.
2: That's a good one. Um, the last one for me would be De'Aaron Fox making the All-Star team when that was announced. Yeah. You know, even as a replacement. I just felt like it was cool to see. Like, Sabonis making it was awesome, but he's been there before. Fox was drafted here. A lottery pick. High expectations. It's been a roller coaster ride, you know, and you, and it was, it's about the journey, too, where, you know, last January, mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people who are like, I'm done with this guy. Yeah. There were plenty of people who are like, this guy's not it. He's He's in year five. It's not happening. Year six, better than ever. He said he wanted to be held accountable. He said he wanted a team that had some structure. He got that, and he's thriving in it. And to see him like on the stage on All Star Weekend, I was like, dude, I felt that. Uh-huh. I felt like, yeah,
3: you're part of my city. Remember that 19
2: year old kid who got
3: drafted? Yeah, here? like that. He's all grown up. Yeah, I, I felt real, just proud, just really proud, proud of our city, of the team, um, and just what he's been able to accomplish here because it was tough and he wasn't put into the best positions early on, um, to develop. And I know we expect so much out of a 19 and a 20 year old and he wasn't mature at the time either. Right. So like he didn't know what he was capable of, but, um, it all came together and it felt validated by him becoming that all-star in February. So yeah, great, great month of February. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're still in the number three spot. Like, if you go back to February of last year. I don't want to. Yeah. Don't want to. Is it was hell. Depression. Dark. Awful.
2: Actually now you're making me want to look at <laughs> where the Kings were on March first. We always do this yes. and it's kind of fun to just look back on. March first, of course, the bonus was here at that point. Uh huh. That was after the trade. Um at the end of February last year. Okay. The Kings were twenty three and forty.
3: And what are they right now? They're 30...
2: 36 and 25. Six. I mean, they, they, won 30, wow. they won 30 games all of last year. Wow. They got their final win of... they Their 30th win came on the final game of the season last year.
3: I'm going to say it again. Enjoy it all, you guys. You never know when this could be gone. You never know. Enjoy it. Oh, we got a
2: nice little eight to 10-year run in us now,
3: man. Nope. Again, I'm going <laughs> to say it. Enjoy it right now. You never know. Oh, Things man. change quick in this league.
2: Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We got Wednesday. Or Wednesdays with Rami coming up, Wednesdays huh?
3: with Rami. Hopefully.
2: <clears throat> you said that last time when he was here.
6: Yeah, like he just walked in. Right all right, after.
3: we'll find out then. Yeah. We'll find out. He if not, comes in late, whatever. I'm, I'm just, just trying to make show. this
6: last longer to give Rami some more time.
3: And we don't care even if he came in late. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah.
6: Do some Mo on Sacktown Sports.
0: and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen
2: for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Be the final Deuce and Moe. I don't know. It could be. At this point. Well, it was a big announcement today. The 49ers have their games right here on Sacktown Sports. A huge deal. Yeah. Huge. I love it. The deal. Niners have gone and turned this franchise around. The Lynch, Shanahan, Foundation... It's great. It's so I'm Nathan. excited.
4: And from what I understand, post-COVID or during COVID, there was a huge exodus of people from the Bay Area yeah. to Sacramento. So there's got to be a ton Don't of
2: Niners us. fans. Don't remind it, us. <laughs> it's a monster deal. Yeah. And the Niners have like history here. They used to yeah. have training camp in Rockland back in the day. It's awesome. I'm super excited yeah, about it. I
6: think you're good. Okay. Because what percentage do you put on Nick wearing Niner gear today?
3: Oh, great the, question. The, well,
2: okay. Just for a little background. Mm-hmm. Chris Watkins was in with us a, a, in the 11 o'clock hour. Yes. Wearing a old school vintage hipster Niners thing. And yeah. I'm like, you're a Vikings fan. That's interesting. You come in wearing a really nice 49ers pullover. This is pretty nice. Our new boss, Brian, texted me yesterday <laughs> and was like, hey, can you guys wear Niners gear? And I said, Brian, I would not be caught dead wearing Niners gear. <laughs> But I will put it <laughs> now over. Now, why?
4: Why is that? Do you have like? Do you have?
2: A I grew team? up a Cowboys
3: oh, okay. fan. Right. Okay, I didn't like, know that. I did
4: not know. But like, okay,
3: I just can't do I'm that. Man, well, and I grew up a Niners fan, and I've had Niners gear. But then I. Been a cash like the last couple of years. Sure. So, like, I have like an it's old. It's all outdated. Dude, my, my night. No, it's like it was like a workout shirt so like pit stain kind of thing. Like, yeah. no, I'm not going to. I wasn't going to be that inappropriate. Sure. And come so, to we work. are
2: the people that aren't team players. That's what we're going to be labeled They're as. The Do only you... ones. Do you think Nick is going to wear
4: anything? I doubt it.
3: There you go. I would all doubt right, it. Right, yeah. Right. What a loser. Ha <laughs>
4: My approach has always been, because I've worked in, in a few different markets. I'm a Chicago guy. Through, yeah. Through and through. Yeah. Born and raised in Chicago, including being a Bears fan. But first of all, I know when my team is irrelevant. Okay? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like the number I, one pick, I understand man. when my team they're the number 1 pick because they're irrelevant, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. dudes. You know what I mean? So if it's not going to be my team, why not the team that I talk about every day that our fans are going to be our listeners are going to be happy about when they tune. In? I want I want to be around happiness so, and good vibes. And so I if
3: appreciate it's not that. hurting my squad, I have a question. I can now. get behind it. Is there one yeah. organization, <laughs> one franchise that you would feel so uncomfortable yeah Green Bay. There's You're two. Working.
4: There's two. Okay, And you hit one of them yeah. on the head. I worked in Milwaukee yeah. for 15 years, and I was an unabashed Packer hater for every one of those 15 years. I never hit it, never put on any green. And yeah, would, okay. if, if your okay. boss is never. like, hey,
2: we're actually the home of the Packers, you have to wear nope. a cheese head. There's okay. No, okay. We're not Okay, doing. So you support that, because as a uh, kid
4: in the 90s... I,
2: I had tears when the Cowboys lost to the Niners in the AFC Championship. And I, so I respect I hate that, you. I that get one time. It. I get
4: it. That one. The time. The one time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, more than any team, and I, yeah. I like. I say I like. I talk about like there's 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 true hate, and then there's sports hate. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? And like the Packers for me, that's sports hate. Okay. This this, this other team, this is like true unbridled. It goes beyond sports. They're, they're like it's like Al Qaeda, cancer, and then this team. <laughs> it's the St. Louis Cardinals. I hate the St. Louis Cardinals oh with all my heart. I <laughs>
6: also hate St. Louis. Wait,
4: <laughs> where,
2: where's the ranking?
6: Is, is it is
2: St. Louis third or are they one? No, it's third. Oh, they're okay. third. Okay, okay. third. Al Qaeda, <laughs> cancer, then, okay. then the then the
4: Cardinals. Yeah, then the St.
2: Louis oh, Cardinals. it's
3: dark and I love it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Oh my God.
4: I hate the St.
2: Louis. Okay, Cardinals. Okay, so yeah, you, you could, couldn't. You
3: yeah. would not be wearing that gear. No. Okay. Okay. Never. No, yeah. It it's it would never touched my
4: skin.
2: It is cool. It's it's a big I, deal for the
3: station. I, I
4: actually have to amend something I just said. I don't want to be a liar. Yeah. I wore a Packer jersey one time.
3: Why? Was, lost a bet.
4: No, it was the day my good friend, Leroy Butler, oh. went
6: into the Pro Football Hall of Fame.
3: Okay.
4: So I, so I, put, hear on, that? I put on his jersey. My good, my good friend, friend. Leroy Butler. I Leroy wore a jersey Frenchies. one
6: time when my friend went into the Football <laughs> Hall of Fame. Yeah,
4: yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I wore his jersey that day in tribute to my boy. God. You know what I mean? But that was the only time... And that will be the only See, time. See, if
3: ever. I was friends with LeBron James, I would wear, like, a Cavs or Heat jersey. I would never, never wear a Lakers for jersey. One team.
4: If he had played for yeah. another yeah, yeah, team, yeah, yeah. I would put on the other team jersey. Yeah, yeah. For sure, but I had no choice. That's well, hilarious. That's but be, that will be, well, maybe when he dies. But we don't want to go there. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we don't want to go. So that will be the only time that it'll ever touch my skin. I like that. Any Packers gear.
2: Yeah, so you you understand that? Yeah, for okay. sure. So no, I'm not, I get it. I'm not a bad guy.
4: No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know what our boss not thinks. Not because
2: of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kings won without De'Aaron Fox last night. I know it's OKC
4: okay they're playing without SGA, but all of a sudden the Kings have won four 0 out of The break that was a satisfying win. Like now I won't I won't sit here and be like, oh man, yeah. what a win! But it was it was satisfying. Yeah, you know, the way that they came out and did it, sort of controlled the action from start to finish, even without De'Aaron Fox. Things got a little dicey in the fourth quarter. You had some guys step up, Keegan, Harrison Barnes, and uh, and uh, Mitchell also yeah. had some big shots and some big defensive stops. So, yeah, I'd call it a satisfying win last night. And yeah. to go 3-0 and oh on any road trip, that's, true. that's more Dude, than satisfying. That's I mean, big time stuff. 18-13 and 13
3: on the road, by the way. Well, that one, but two, I was going to say, since the All-Star break, the four games four that they oh. have won, yeah, have you seen or felt a difference in this team? Yeah. Okay. A little bit. Like, like, I don't know. It just feels like a different tier of basketball that's being played as a complete squad. I said
4: coming out of the break, like, one of my concerns was you look around the West and they got star marquee players that have been through the battles. You know what I mean? That have been down these home stretches where you're jockeying for position or fighting for your life or whatever the case might be, and the Kings just didn't have that on their roster. And so you wonder... If they're ready for that intensity or that that type that type of basketball, because it changes. And it seems like the message has gotten home from Mike Brown and maybe Harrison Barnes, who's the other guy on this squad that that has been through that and has experienced that. You hear like Terrence Davis talk about yes. every game is big and this is huge for Sacramento that we finished the job here. So it seems like they know the task at hand and the intensity. And the test mm. that it's going to be we'll still we'll see still a long way to go and, and a lot of a lot of tests to pass, but that's been encouraging to me to see that they've they seem to have taken it to another level their intensity for 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 the game and their focus for every hey, game night in and night out this month's going to be fun it's it just is crazy here we
2: are it's March first i mean this is the home stretch here I know the season ends like mid april but the playoffs start April fifteenth.
4: Oh, Whoa. are you guys? Yesterday we talked about it on <sighs> Cattles and Rami. I think all the different statistical projections and odds and whatever. So one of them gave him a ninety-eight point nine percent chance to make the playoffs. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. are you? That's a lock. Like yeah, that, that's as locked yeah. as it yeah. gets. Are you guys ready to go there? Are they a lock to get in the
2: playoffs in I, your guys' book? I feel like the only reason I, I'm like. I'm not totally there yet. So I'm like, there's a tough schedule and it's Kings. Like you just don't, there's a part of you that it's in the back of your mind, mm-hmm. but in reality, you look at the loss call. I'm like, they're starting to, the teams behind them are stacking up these losses, right? The Clippers, who I think we, we gave the championship to, they haven't won. They're zero in three late. You're right. Since Westbrook and all those guys got added. And then Dallas one and four with Kyrie and Luca, uh, LeBron and the Lakers who people were really excited about. Well, look, they've, Falling apart now. LeBron's hurt. He's out at least a couple of weeks. No Ed tonight. Yeah, I, I think I'm getting more and more confident.
3: My, I have an unrealistic, um stupid reasoning, which is just a <laughs> jinx.
2: Okay, that's yeah, that is.
3: <laughs> you know where you don't want to jinx it. That's where like ha, there's been so I've been covering this team in like sports media since 2012, <laughs> and what I always learned was um to kind of you know push away my fandom and it was a time when I didn't know if I wanted to go more into journalism reporting or just you know hosting what mm-hmm. was it that I wanted to do mm-hmm. so I really I I was never feeling excited or inspired at games either but they weren't giving me anything <laughs> to feel true, sure. excited or inspired yeah. about and then in the last couple of years I like refound You're my
4: embracing the fan in you but
3: even before they got Like good. It was really just like, no, screw this. I love this team more than anything in the world at times. And I'm going to embrace that. And so then now that they're good. Yeah, I'm scared, Rami. So I don't want (laughs) to jinx it. I don't believe the 98%. 98.9. ninety-eight.
2: Nine. Ah! 98 that's, that, that's pretty much 100%. 100%. I that's know. The, yeah, that's if you, you have close.
4: a 98% free throw shooter going to the line,
3: you're going oh, uh, make it.
4: Automatic. That's automatic.
2: That's I mean, automatic. I'm not missing it. But Paul you know,
3: George is a pretty good but, free throw shooter. But to Mo's name.
4: point, what happens every time that 99% free throw shooter steps to the line uh, and Mike Breen goes, hasn't missed a free throw all year. Broadcaster
2: jeans. What, what line, happens next, Deuce? No one ever. But no one acknowledges when that per- the announcer
4: says it, and they make the free
2: throw. They only know when they miss it. So, it happens. What's coming up on your guys' show
4: today? Coming up on the show today, we'll talk about last night's win by yes. the Kings and uh, all our takeaways from that. At four o'clock, Mike Mike Brown's big mantra going into the game yesterday was be greedy. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what he told his guys. Are Kings fans being greedy? Is what Great. I want to know. Also, plenty of 49ers talk with a big announcement today. Dante Whitner will be here at Woo! 5.30 yeah! to talk to the oh, yeah. 49ers. So a uh, big cattles and ramen show today. Can't love wait. It.
2: Make sure you guys are locked into that wherever you're listening on the app, 1140 a.m., the website or youtube.com slash town sports1140. We love you guys, but we got to go.
3: See ya!